This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Back in the peg after uh, the opening night loss last night in Calgary for the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to get all over it today for you right here on WST. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. We will be joined by Brandon Rowicki of Skates and Plates and Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. And we're also going to be uh, talking to uh, Jason Petrick of Petrick. Fired up to be uh, getting after it, playing for Winnipeg Jet fans at the Plaza in the party on Saturday before the Jets' home opener. Again, the Jets and Panthers go at it for the first time this year on home ice for Winnipeg. Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m., the party gets going at 12. We'll talk to Patrick a little bit about um, you know their career and uh, what's coming up on Saturday as part of the festivities to kick off the Jets' home portion of the season. Uh, all that being said, I know uh, a lot of hand-wringing about last night. I mean, uh, listen, being in the building, uh, <laughs> the Jets looked great. The Jets looked awesome last night. And it's sort of, well, it's a really harsh way to lose a hockey game for sure. I mean, on that uh, that goal, hell of a play by Maggiapani, but it was a breakdown for the Winnipeg Jets. And everything that led to that after Mark Scheifele's third period snipe tied the game up at 3-3. I mean, certainly the takeaway for me is that this team looked good. They seemed ready to play. Um, that would probably be a much harder pill to swallow if um, that was, for instance, in uh, April uh, with the playoffs on the line. Every point counts, that's for sure, but um, a lot for this team to build on, and uh, as we'll get into with Michael Remus in a minute, man, did the newcomers, especially the guys coming in from the uh, PLD trade from the Los Angeles Kings, look good, t- good uh, last night. Um, we'll get to all of it. Let me just quickly thank our sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Consolidated Supply, BP, Royal Sports, Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg Jets, Nick and Nicky DQ, F Apparel, Vita Health, Wallace and Wallace, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Aquatech, Modern Man. And we've got uh, many options for our Why Not Question of the Day for the gang down at Not Auto Corp, but Waverly and McGilvery. Uh, Michael Remus, what's up? I made it. I made it back just in the nick of time. You made it back. Wow. Uh, congratulations. Uh, how is this even possible? You're in Calgary yesterday. Uh, you were at the game, had a morning flight, and now you're here. Uh, it's crazy how that works out. I hope you had a great uh, time at the game and broadcasting in Calgary. Uh, that was a great show yesterday, and... Uh, I mean, I'm feeling good as far as takeaways from the Jets. I mean, if they play like that for full 82, I think they're going to have more wins than losses. So certainly disappointing overall that you couldn't get a point, especially after tying it late in the third period. What an incredible shot by Mark Shifley. And that seemed like that was the only way you were going to beat Markstrom. They had so many shots on the power play. I think Nino Niederreiter should have had three goals in the first five minutes of that oh game. God. And, ma- I mean, Markstrom, Markstrom in the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, that was I the mean, game. To me, that was... I mean, listen, it didn't lose the Jets the game. I mean, they were certainly right in it right until the end. But, man, if Markstrom doesn't come out of the gate uh, playing the way that he did, the Jets could have been up multiple goals early on. I mean, the start that the team had was um, was phenomenal. And, uh, and listen, I mean, all four lines um, looked good last night. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, the chances you mentioned, Nito... Um, Velarde, Kyle Connor, um, just in the first half of the first period, 
Um, again, you'd probably be a lot more worried if the team wasn't generating that sort of opportunity and, and offense. Um, but it was a, uh, you know, I was sort of looking, I was with our old pal Rick Ralph at the game and going like, what do these guys have to do to score a goal? Um, kind of funny that the first one that went in was probably a softy. I mean, the Jets had 20 better scoring chances last night than the one that Kyle Connor scored to put them on the board for the first time. I know. I actually was laughing. That's like, that was the shot that goes in, the squeaker between the legs. I mean, it was a nice play by Kyle Connor. He drags the puck in, changes the angle a little, uh, wrists it through Osterley's legs, and I guess Markstrom uh, didn't didn't track it. And it's, it's like, it's funny. The Jets had so many chances. The power play's looking good. Ooh, you had Velarde in tight. I follow fitting in nicely. Connor... Uh, Nino, they're all getting shots on, and it's a shot from the point from Calgary, bounces off Pionk's shin pad, and right on Mangiapane's stick. Like, Hellbuck, uh, no, really no chance there. That's just a broken play. Uh, disappointing. They were able to tie it, but uh, maybe you look at uh, the third or second goal from Calgary, the wrister from Mackenzie Weger from, from far out, but, I mean, I've... I don't have a lot of problems with, with the game, except for the result. The process yeah. was good. I mean, the new guys fit in well. It's kind of funny. We talk about how that game versus Ottawa, they looked like, you know, they needed more more preseason games. Did not look like that tonight. And you look at, you know, across Canada with Edmonton, it looked like everyone's taller them Stanley Cup champions, had a great preseason, <laughs> and they got eight goals put up on them. So, um, you know, it's disappointing. I know you want people want to bag on Nate Schmidt for the icing, but for me, I mean, Markstrom was clearly the difference in the game, but special teams as well. The Jets 0 for 4 in the power play and allow a shorthanded goal. That was the, uh, what, the Shifley shot was high-sticked in the defensive end, goes down, and Rasmus Anderson walks, you know, down the middle and, and buries a shot. Um, so they were 0 for 4 in a lot, and the Calgary power play went 1 for 3. So Jets special teams were minus 2. They got to score on one of those power plays, but it wasn't like... They had no chances. Oh. They were ripping, ripping shot after shot. Markstrom was excellent. The power play looked great. Um, you know, and again, and I, I see T-Will saying, hey, you can't use good and goal lead as an excuse. You have to find on ways to put it in. I mean, listen, that's fair. Now, if this happened over and over and over again over an 82-game season, then maybe you can say, oh, these guys get a lot of shots, but they can't score. I don't think that's going to be the case for the Winnipeg Jets this year. Um, but listen, it was last night. Um, the, 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 the Anderson goal was, listen, I still don't know how it went in. I, I mean, and again, I, I'll, I'll preface all of this because I was at the game, went out afterwards to the hotel. I mean, really haven't had a chance to go dive back into uh, the tape and see the replays. Um, that's one that does <laughs> Listen, it was a perfect shot, but Hellebuck was out, was challenging, was still sort of incredible that it went in. And that first one from the point, I mean, the one thing that I saw, and again, this is just on the replay from uh, the screens at the Saddle Dome, was that both Brendan Dillon and a member of the Flames that I cannot remember were right in front of Hellebuck. It was a perfectly timed screen, um, and it was somewhat unfortunate, but... You know, if there was one goal that you, you kind of, that certainly hurt. I mean, you mentioned when you're getting all of those chances on the power play to have a shorthanded goal in, um, a shorthanded goal go in. I mean, that can really deflate a team.
but I will give the Winnipeg Jets a lot of credit. I, I've already seen the term used in the chat. They did have a lot of pushback last night. And um, I thought the way the team played in the third period, um, while Calgary was much better defensively, I mean, the Jets had a great start to the third, and then there was a period of time where Calgary was you know, not making it easy to gain the zone, and the Jets still pushed back past that and were able to tie the game up. Um, and obviously should have had at least a point. I mean, uh, you know, I know there'll probably be a lot of consternation about that final goal, which was, you know, a brilliant play by Mangiapani um, with that behind-the-back pass behind the net. Um, but, again, I mean, that is somewhat of a breakdown. And, uh, you know, Nate Schmidt sort of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, Remo, but, uh, well, maybe I can. Um, considering where we thought Billy Hainala was on the depth chart at the beginning of training camp and what was coming for him, the way that he played, all signs pointing to a start in the lineup on opening night and then breaking his ankle, which opened the door for Nate to come back in. Um, I think they did miss Billy last night. Now, who's to say what, how he would have uh, how he oh. fared? But um, <laughs> it was, uh, I put it this way, if people were on Nate Schmidt and sort of, you know, there, there's always one guy that gets a lot of the lightning from fans, especially when you're making that sort of money. Um, that was an unfortunate way for his season to start because um, I didn't spend much time on social media afterwards, but I can imagine there was quite a few arrows maybe going the ways of uh, of number uh, number 88. Man, Mike McIntyre uh, put out a... I thought it was kind of harsh on Twitter after just saying, tweeting out after the game, if Billy Hainala hadn't broken his ankle last week, good chance he's in the Jets lineup and Nate Schmidt would not have been. I was like, oh, come on. We're getting into some, like, Black Mirror-type stuff here. <laughs> and I guess Mike just knowing who's on Twitter, a lot of Billy stands and fans, so uh, playing playing to them for the engagement. But, look, I, I was looking, you know, went to the advanced stats test, like, midway through the third period. Just wanted to see, you know, who's doing what in terms of uh, shot attempts and all that, and they had this heat map here that I tweeted out, and I even got a retweet from Marat uh, Hust and uh, Julie McKenzie, who's the Calgary writer at The Athletic, just showing this. Like, this is midway through the third period. Look at this, all the heat that the Jets are getting in front of the Calgary. Like, that's the opposition net. All the shots in tight. I mean, you saw it shot after shot in tight. And look how many shots Calgary was getting in front of the Jets net. Zero. Usually when usually it's the opposite. Usually it's Hellbuck yeah. saving the Jets' ass. Uh, high danger chance after high danger chance. And he made some saves. He made out a big one uh, early for sure. But the Jets, the way they were playing, if they, again, if they can play that for a full 82 because they were only played like half a season last year. Uh, they have very good chance of making the playoffs. Good chance, you know, more wins than losses. Good things will come. The process was right. Um, they, you know, the result, not great. But I think if this is what they are, and we'll have to see. I mean, consistency has been a question for them, you know, the last couple seasons in terms of first half, second half. But I think you got to feel good or better maybe than you were heading into it. Well, listen, yeah. I mean, they're 0-1. They're 0-1 on the season, which, I mean, you'd much rather be 1-0. But they're going to lose some games on the road this season, and the Calgary Flames are going to win their fair share of home games. They probably won't win their fair share of home games if they're getting outshot 2-1, to which is what the Jets did pretty much the entire night. 
and certainly when it comes to you know high danger scoring chances, scoring chances in general. Um, listen, sometimes games go that way, but yeah, I mean, my takeaways from that is disappointed as I was, and bummed out with the with that late goal that put it away. Um, I mean, you can't help but, I mean, if this is the first look at this team together, um, they look damn good. And uh, listen, I got a lot of confidence in Connor Hellebuck throughout the year. Um, you know, there'll probably be a game or two that might be on the other way around that Hellebuck will grab for them. Bottom line is I think the Jets showed what the blueprint is for success last night for the way that they played. And um, we'll see what they can do coming up, beginning with the home opener on Saturday afternoon. And then the Los Angeles Kings and P.L. Dubois, who may or may not be in the lineup after a boneheaded kneeing penalty last night. Uh, and then the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, some big tests for the Jets so far. Uh, obviously, as they said, they didn't come back with a win last night. But I, I would suggest that if they put similar performances on home ice over the next three games... We'll be talking about a team that's had a pretty nice start to the season. And speaking of nice starts to the season, Remo, maybe my biggest takeaway was how good the return for a PLD looked in the lineup last night. I thought Gabriel Velarde was absolutely awesome. The way he fit in with uh, with the uh, the Shifley um, uh, Connor uh, pairing, he had a ton of great opportunities, and maybe most importantly. His stick, his tenacity, he turned the puck over a number of times, keeping possession and getting it to those guys. And they can do that regularly. Um, it means less time in their own end. And it means more scoring chances. And when you get more scoring chances, you're going to get more goals. So he looked great. And man, Alex Iafalo as well. Uh, Iafalo particularly playing on the power play unit, I thought was, um, you know, fit in beautifully and obviously had that great deflection. And even Rasmus Kapari, and I know Kapari was on the ice at the end. And again, I haven't gone back through the tape, so I won't be hanging anyone out to dry right now on that one. But he's got some serious wheels, and there was a couple times where he just blew by Calgary Flames defenders and went in and generated shots and chances on net. So um, for anyone that was wondering how this team would look without Dubois and these guys that many Jet fans hadn't seen very well, first look was... Um, very, very positive for the three newest members of the Jets coming over from the Kings. Yeah, I just want to do a PSA. A lot of people were asking in chat, Hus, why didn't the Jets call a timeout in the third period after the icing? You can't call a timeout after an icing anymore. I think people forget that. We've had a number of people uh, write in chat and uh, you know tweet at us, etc. So Dems the rules, folks. I mean, pe uh, people would just game. Yeah, that was like the only time anyone would ever call a timeout just to, you know, and eliminate the rule that they put in. Anyways, uh, the Velarde addition has that top line. And remember last year at the beginning of the season, we talked about how the Jets top line with what Shifley, Connor, Ehlers was going to be so elite. I think we were maybe a bit delay and it's a Shifley, Connor, Velarde out shooting Calgary nine. Uh, was it nine, one outscoring them two nothing. Velarde seven shots on goal. And no, I stole that Whoa. from Marat's article. I'm not sure if that nine one. Anyways, they outscored them two nothing. Dominated the the shot attempts. Um, it was incredible power play, looking good. And as far as T P L Dubois and his debut uh, sticking out the leg, I don't think that there's a hearing or anything. So the most popular joke on Twitter last night, Hus, was P L doesn't want to play. He you know hates Winnipeg so much 
and so much doesn't want to play here, even as a visitor, that he would injure someone on the opposing team to get out of playing in Winnipeg. But player safety did announce uh, Phil Deneau from the Kings got fined 5K for slashing nothing on Dubois. So Didn't uh, even de- get a fine? They just announced Deneau. I don't think there was anything. The guy was, you know, the, the NHL, you know, we've seen this, that if you're hurt, there's going to be discipline. If you're not hurt, it's there's no discipline. And I think... No harm, no foul. Yeah, no harm, no foul. So it doesn't matter, you know, how... Dirty, it may have looked, clearly sticking out the leg there. as just a regular tripping. Yeah, well, it didn't look oh. that way. I mean, again, I saw it very quickly on a Twitter post. So, I mean, I'm not going to make too bad. But, I mean, considering yeah. what I'd seen people talking about it, I, I was worried that the WST crew with our first game for the four-pack on Tuesday might be missing our chance to uh, give a proper welcome, proper Winnipeg welcome back to uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. One other bit, um, there was a, a lot of talk online amongst fans wondering why the Winnipeg Jets maybe didn't challenge for a high stick that led to, I believe it was the Anderson goal. Uh, and this, of course, was while the Winnipeg Jets were on the power play. Um, I'll shout out Nick Lyman, who uh, grabbed this right from the record book. Um, the missed game stoppage event in the offensive zone leading to a goal. A player that results in a goal call on the ice where the defending team claims that the play should have been stopped by reason of any play occurring in the offensive zone that should have resulted in a play stoppage caused by the attacking team but did not. Uh, And then the standard for overturning uh, the call in event of a goal call is that the situation room, after reviewing any and all uh, replays, blah, 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 determines the play should have been stopped but was not at some time. I mean, you saw Mark Shifley going, hey, that was a high stick. Unfortunately for the Winnipeg Jets, the way I interpret this is that that you're not able to challenge that because it happened in the defensive zone for the Calgary Flames, and it was the Calgary Flames that scored the goal. So um, Bones said afterwards he wasn't sure when Rasmus actually touched the puck, if it actually was a high stick. But I'll say this, it would have been worth a challenge if the team was available, was able to do that. But from reading what the rule book says, uh, rule 38.2, situation subject to coach's challenge, it doesn't seem like that was an option for the Winnipeg coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, that's a play like 200 feet from the net. Like, And I'm anti-offside review and all that crap. Like, It's so far before the goal. Uh, it's unfortunate, but... I mean, you had time to you know break up that play, and that was a tough play. Shifley, I mean, had a great a great shot there, and you know went you know, bounced around, and Rasmus Anderson ends up with it in the slot and just rock walked down and wired it. Um, one thing we didn't touch on, Huss, and we don't know the answer to this. Nikolai Ehlers back checking hard on that empty net goal. Love to see a lot, some great forechecking as well uh, around the lineup, up and down. But what he he dove, got up crashed into the boards and appeared to be injured. They didn't ask Rick Bonus after. We don't have any update, but he appeared to be uh, be hurt. I don't know. Did you see that there? Like, what yeah, was... yeah. I mean, it was um, it was basically right in front of me, and um, you know, like he ran into the boards. But I like put it this way: if it was any other player, I think we would not even be mentioning it. But because of Ehlers' history, because of the preseason that he had, there is always somewhat of a worry that uh, maybe he'll be out. Although, 
I mean, I could give you a ton of situations in previous, and this is, I'm not picking on Nick. I'm just telling you the, the facts here. Um, I could give you a handful of times where I've been sitting in my seats at the arena and see Nick roll in and, you know, really react like he is hurt and then see him out there later on. So until we hear that Ehlers isn't practicing, isn't available to play, uh, I'm going to stay positive and assume that that was just a guy hustling his ass off to try to make a play and things will be okay um, because it sure would be a shame if, um, you know, after the entire preseason coming back into the game last night, you know, in the final seconds on an empty netter that ended up being the official nail in the coffin last night, you lose a player as important as Ehlers. And um, what, what did you think of the second line? But they had a lot of chance. I like Nino. He should have had three. He should have had, I know. Had, had three goals um, early getting in there. And Perfetti had a nice chance there late in the second. Uh, I think the faceoff percentage for Cole uh, certainly a work in progress. But I mean, I thought all the lines certainly. Jerry, maybe the fourth line had a bit of a tough night in terms of goals against and a bit of an exclamation mark with the go ahead, go ahead goal, of course. But uh, I thought they were solid. They showed more depth. Alex, I follow um, on the third line, but first power play. Um, kind of reminds me of, maybe because he's wearing number nine, but it kind of reminds me of Andrew Kopp. Maybe because it's cousin nine, but he's playing on the third line with with Lowry and Appleton. He's getting power play time. He's getting penalty kill time. You can play anywhere in the lineup. Kind of like a Swiss Army knife uh, kind of guy. So um, look, I thought, thought they looked good, us And... I know it's one game, but you hope they can replicate that performance on Saturday and basically every game this season because I think they would have a lot of success if they did, but uh, replicate that Saturday in the home opener. Well, you know, it is funny. I mean, you know, what, what have we been talking about with the way this team projects to be up front? We weren't sure about the scoring up at the top of the four lines, mm-hmm. but we thought this team would be a lot deeper. And uh, I, I think there's certainly part two of that. The team is deeper. Um Absolutely looked that way last night. And again, I mean, let's face it, overreaction Thursday here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. We've only got one game to talk about, so the entire season is yesterday's game. Um, But as I said, I mean, the like if we were worried that that second line or really the first two lines maybe might not be as effective as they'd been in the past and they wouldn't be able to generate scoring chances and opportunities to, to put the puck in the net, that wasn't the case last night. And, I mean, the top line did score twice. <laughs> um, probably could have had two, three more. Um, and particularly in the first period, the second line had a ton of glorious chances. Um, but, uh, you know, I um, one of the things that we had been talking about, Remo, was, you know, this team being able to push forward and be a better defensive club. Um, and people can have their own, <clears throat> excuse me, people can have their own opinions on, Kind of leopard changes spots and certainly talking about, you know, Mark, now he's got the contract. I mean, there's nothing to worry about. It's time to go out and do everything you can to help your team win. Um, The addition of Gabriel Velarde, I think, is going to make a huge, huge difference. Um, You know, both with his defensive aptitude in their own end, but also the ability to, um, you know, keep the puck, turn pucks over, win puck battles along the boards. He was great at that last night. And um, that's given me a lot of optimism about what the potential of that line is. And you know what? I think Cole held his own. Um, certainly, as bonus mentioned, we'll hear in a sec, you'd like to maybe see 
uh, a little more success in the faceoff circle. But game one is an NHL center. Uh, listen, I'm not gonna. I don't think anyone should stress over that. That's something that can and hopefully will improve moving forward. So, overall, a real disappointing result for the club, but a pretty impressive performance on the road against a good Calgary Flames team, in which the Jets for pretty much the full 60 minutes probably deserved a better fate. I haven't even had the heart to look at the deserve to win meter because I'm pretty much pretty oh. sure what 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 it oh, was man. what it what it was gonna say. Um, here, just on Ehlers, I had someone on Twitter getting mad at me. I had, I had polls, like predictions for the season. I did an Ehlers over under 71 and a half games. That was just Dom's projection based on, you know, the last couple seasons. And, uh, some guys like, oh, you jinxed Ehlers. You should have never done that poll. I was like, oh, yeah. But anyways, deserve <laughs> to win a meter, Huss. Uh, Jets, here it is from moneypuck.com. Jets, 72.5%. Sounds so, about right. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, so yeah, five three loss to the Calgary Flames, out shooting the team thirty seven twenty two. Markstrom, the number one star of the game with thirty four saves, and uh, pretty nice start for the newcomers on the uh, Winnipeg Jets. And uh, you know, and we say newcomers. I mean. I know there's always that narrative that, hey, this is just the same team being brought back. Five of the 12 forwards were not Winnipeg Jets last year on the 1st of March. I mean, Metznikoff and Nito Niederreiter haven't been here for a long time either. And listen, I do think Vlad, um, you know, after a strong preseason, I mean, he makes something happen every time he's out there. He certainly would be an option to move up in the lineup. Um, We will hear from Bones uh, as well as Shifley and Connor, who spoke after the game a little bit later on. We're going to chop it up with our pal Brandon Rewicki of Skates and Plates coming up in just a minute. Hey, before we do that, shout out to our friends at Modern Man Barber Shops. Now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including their two newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Guys, Modern Man Barber Shops have you covered with a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Make an appointment and book your look at modernmanbarber.com for the most convenient location near you. And you can also give them a follow on Instagram over at Modern Man Barber Shops. Um, man, it's gorgeous outside today. That being said, still not quite pool weather. I think the pools have been closed up for the year. If you're thinking about a pool for next year, you know who to talk to, the experts, experts at Aquatech. Uh, but whole home renovations also start with Aquatech. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Um, tell you what, no questions about the battery of the Winnipeg Jets last night. The team had a lot of jump, and and to be honest, and I was mentioning this yesterday on the show from the press box at the Saddle Dome, um, they looked like they had a lot of jump in that morning skate today, and that I mean, or yesterday, and I mean, I don't take in a lot of the morning skates, frankly, because nothing ever seems to really happen in them. This to me looked like you know almost a borderline practice. Um, not quite to that extent, but they certainly stayed out a little bit longer. They had a lot of jump. Um, you know, Manitoba Battery's been jumping Winnipeggers and Manitobans all summer long with batteries for all the great summer fun. But now it's time to get ready, much like the Jets for the regular season. We're getting ready for the uh, 
unfortunate season of winter here in Winnipeg. How's your battery? Um, listen, you don't want to be stuck on the side of the road calling a friend or somebody to give you a boost this year. Um, get your battery checked down at 1026 Logan Avenue at Manitoba Battery. And if you do need a battery for your car or truck, enjoy the best prices in town, bar none, beating the pants off the big box stores. And the best service as well as Manitoba Battery will deliver your battery to you anywhere within the perimeter of Winnipeg for free on any purchase over 60 bucks. It is just that easy. Pop down and make an order. See them at manitobabattery.com. You can uh, give them a phone call at 783-8787 or pop down and see Donnie and his great staff at, at uh, Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. And, uh, you know, I wasn't able to toast the first win of the season with the Canadian Club after the game last night. Hopefully we'll be doing that on Saturday. Um, but, of course, Canadian Club is Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can pick up all the great products from the Canadian Club family at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And don't forget, CC and Ginger is now available in 473 milliliter cans. You can grab those at your local beer store as well. And I guess a week Saturday, one more regular season home game for the Blue and Gold. The Bombers, as they look to officially clinch the Western Division and the West Final here in Winnipeg. And you can get the great taste of Canadian Club throughout IG Field at all Bomber games. All right, let's get Brandon Rowicki in here. And we've got a lot of talk. It's been a quite a week around Jetland. Uh, let's bring in the host of Skates and Plates to chop it up. B, what's going on, Manny? Man, how are you? Oh, well, for a game that ended at about midnight last night, I'd say I'm doing about as good as I could have hoped for. Coffee number three beside me right now, so let's let's go, baby. Yeah, cry me a river. I was in Calgary for it. was out with Rick for a couple hours afterwards. Had to get up for a flight, and I literally got here and got my camera set up 90 seconds before we went live today. <laughs> so it has been a bit of a whirlwind. But I'll tell you what, it was worth it. I mean, being in the building last night and just not in the press box, I did the show up there, but sat in the crowd as a fan. Great atmosphere. Uh, you know what? I did want to mention this right off the bat. Uh, amazing tear-jerking pregame ceremony with the Snow family. Um, and and you could just feel the emotion in the building with, uh, you know, from fans alike to players. I mean, even people on the Winnipeg Jets side of things. That was that was a heavy moment. Um, but, man, when the team got going in that first period, I mean, frankly, it was frustrating because they looked so damn good and had so many great chances, especially in the first 10 minutes of the first period, Brandon. You're wondering, how the heck is Jacob Markstrom doing and how is this team not uh, not winning the game? Uh, listen, it was back and forth. Markstrom, for my money, was the best player on the ice last night, and that is why the Calgary Flames won the game. Um, and as disappointing and harsh as that winning goal that went in was, um, as Rick Bonus said afterwards, I think they're, you know, it's game one of 82, certainly no time to panic and no reason to panic with the way that this team played for pretty much the full 60 minutes last night. Yeah, I said on the, the podcast, Hus, that, you know, Markstrom was playing so good that John Schneider would have pulled him after 40 to <laughs> pull up the numbers in the third period. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, we would have saw Dan Vladar if, if Schneider was coaching the Flames. Um, and Ross Atkins no. would have had no comment, and you know yeah. that would have been his decision. Yeah, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with what's going on on the bench there. No, I mean like it's funny because it's game one and it's all we have to to go off of right now, right? So it's it, it's tough not to overreact on certain things and and how the team looks and all that. It's impossible not to overreact. <laughs> it's impossible, but. 
that's as that's as good of a loss as you're gonna get. Like the the team was fantastic. Uh, they really like it was just a couple mistakes here and there that the Flames were pretty opportunistic on. But as, as far as how the team looked, ninety five percent of the game, that's as encouraging of a start as you could have hoped for. I mean, it, it looked like the way they did against Vegas in Game One. Uh, hopefully, things play out much better than the rest of that series did. But I, I think we saw the potential of this team, and the potential is it's pretty intriguing. They they were really, really good. What stood out to me the most, and I think might be the most encouraging aspect of that performance, Huts, was the forecheck. And it was all four-line. Like, they were, if, if they're going to be a forechecking team like that the rest of the year, things are going to be just fine. And they're going to be a tough out night in, night out. And they did that against a Flames team that has for sure a top 10 blue line in the NHL. I mean, they're really, really talented and deep on the back end there. And they didn't have an answer for what the Jets were doing. They have two exceptional defensive centers in Lindholm and Backlund. They were hemmed inside their own zone for the majority of the game, right? Like it was, I I thought (laughs) in terms of moral victories, that's as big of a dub as you could have hoped for. And the newcomers all looked great. Again, it was just a couple errors. And I think a... So, so night from Connor Hellebutt that kept the team from earning the two points that they rightfully deserved. I mean, the real crappy thing was just couldn't get to OT, right? Like you get one point and you lose. I think everybody's totally happy. It's just a little unfortunate that the team was held off the score sheet in terms of how many points they picked up there. Puts a little more importance on the game against Florida. But I, I think it's it's difficult not to echo what Bone said and what Kyle Connor said. You, you play 82 games like that. And we're talking home ice advantage in round one. Like that that was just an excellent, excellent road performance in game one by the team. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the forecheck. Um, I mean, I've sort of singled out the guys that have come over from the Kings, partly because I think most Jet fans, myself included, were paying close attention to how those guys look, how they're fitting in with their new line. Like, I got to tell you, Gabriel Velarde in that position, on that line, with what he was able to do with getting shots off, with getting the puck to his teammates, but also, like, I don't have any numbers in front of me of how many times he individually turned the puck over or prevented Calgary from breaking the puck out or getting it and then turning into more of a cycle or something like that. I mean, but it was a lot. And I'm I'm racking my brain to think about Shifley and Connor, who I mean, both have you know their defensive deficiencies um, that have been well documented. Uh, when the last time they played with a player like that, that had that much of an impact, and never I mean, just just very yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I don't think so. And just simply the fact, Brandon, that you know, if we see more of what we saw last night, that team that line is going to be spending far less time in their own end and you can't get scored on when the other team doesn't have the puck. I mean, he was so impactful. It was frankly a crime that he wasn't able to score one in his first game. Alex Iafalo did though. And he was another guy that looked great. Um, And this comes down to, I mean, this is a simple game, but one of the things that I think the Jets top line has had a real problem, you know, continuing their momentum is just winning some of those puck battles. And Gabriel Velarde, at least last night on first glance, was an absolute monster in those battles. And it turned into more puck possession. It turned into more ozone time. It turned into more chances. And I'm even more 
fired up about the potential of that line playing together after we actually saw them with live bullets last night against a team, as you mentioned, with a very, very legit blue line. Yeah, no, he was fantastic. I mean, that 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 line as a whole was it's hard not to think about the potential and then some of the tantalizing opportunities that they might have in the next handful of games because he's, he seems to be the tonic that fits in perfectly with those two. And I mean, there's... I wonder, too, like in the defensive zone, if we're going to see him almost take on more of a center role, you know what I mean? Like take on a lot of the responsibilities defensively to to help ease the burden on on Shifley and Connor. But he's a hell of a player, man. Like he just gets it and he gets himself into dangerous scoring opportunities. He gets spacing. He's he's a big dude. I mean, we might have to talk to him about a jersey number switch because I see 13 and I think, oh my gosh, Kevin Hayes is back on the Jets and it just sends me into a PTSD shockwave. But other than that, How I mean, do you he's... think of Hayes over Brandon Tanev? <laughs> I'm sorry. Or, I just, the, or, 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 PL, black man. or PL Dubois in his first yeah, year yeah. before he shifted to 80. Have a well with. Yeah. And then... Wellie, of course. <laughs> Welly. Welly. Considering your hair, I'm surprised that you didn't go with Wellie. I mean, that uh, you need to get it a little slicker and more close to the uh, close to the dome. But uh, there have been some interesting 13s before. He's looks like he is the real deal, he's, though. And, he's going to be the best of the bunch. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of 13s that we see over the next few weeks showing up in the uh, crowd at uh, Canada Life Center as well. Um, as uh, Valori, like, what do you think? I mean, he had a career year last year, and again. Part of it was that he had been hampered by injuries. If he can stay healthy and he plays consistently with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley on that line, like what do you think the potential is for Gabriel Velarde numbers-wise this season, Brandon? Oh, I, I think he can blow by his point total last year for sure. Uh, the only, honestly, the only thing that might prevent him from doing that is if Cole Perfetti isn't ready to handle the mantle of second line center and and he's the guy that the team chooses to put him in that spot uh but if he if he plays 82 games with connor and shafley i mean there's no reason why he can't blow by 60 points and be the defensive conscience on that line i i i i have i have really really high expectations for him i mean he could have had a hat trick in the game last night could have had a couple on the power play as well the power play was humming as well i mean they were really really unfortunate not to get a couple goals with with the man advantage and with four and a shorthanded goal against in that game, and they I were mean, great. <laughs> <laughs> they were great, and I, I there was all the angst about Ayafalo being on the first unit over Nikolai Ehlers, and he looked pretty damn good in the bumper role as well. Like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I mean both Kings players showed showed really well in that opener, but you know. <laughs> Having Ayafalo and the draft pick thrown into the trade is is kind of like the bonus there, but there's a part of me that kind of wonders once this season is over if Filardi for Dubois just straight up wasn't a win by the Jets, and and hopefully he holds up health wise. But I he he's a player. He's 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 going to be a hell of an addition for the team there. And yeah, I agree. Like if he can be Mark Stone light for those two up front on the top line. It, it might be the best possible addition and fit that, that you could hope for. Well, and, and listen, I, this is just off the top of my head, but I think Velarde had 23 goals last year and 18 assists. I don't think there's any doubt that he can, you know, you know, exceed 25 playing with those guys. But I'll tell you what, Brandon, that assist total, I think, is going to 
more than double just on the fact of the guys that he's playing against. And, you know, I had a chance to sit down with him one-on-one um, out at the Iceplex a couple weeks ago. And, you know, this was sort of into training camp. We were talking about how he's enjoying, you know, the transition and the team. But he made a point of saying that Kyle Connor was far and away the most skilled player that he's ever played with. And, like, if he's able to make passes to 55 and 81, those guys are closers. Those guys know how to light the lamp. And that 18, I mean, seriously, we could be talking about a 70-point season, I think, for Gabriel Velarde if yeah. he stays healthy and if he stays in that spot. In fact, I'd be surprised if he didn't get to get there. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, if, if, he, if he plays most of the season with those guys and he's on the first power play, I, like, anything under 60 points would be, I think, disappointing. And I think he's got all the talent in the world to do it. I kind of wonder if, in a sense, Kyle Connor almost becomes the playmaker on that line. Just because, I mean, Shifley scores 40 last year. Beauty last night does what he does best. Blarty's strengths are his shot, his ability to get into those dangerous areas. Like, I, I mean, it's going to be tough for all three of them. I mean, they did it last night in Calgary. But it's going to be tough for all three of them to get, you know, six, seven shots a game. So somebody's going to have to play a little bit more of the distributor there. And I, I wonder if it's Kyle Connor. He's capable of it. He's also capable of scoring 45 goals this year. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. That's, that's the main thing. Like, it's exciting to, to, think, to watch last night and then to think what they're going to be capable of doing this season. Uh, you know, as Remus kind of mentioned, Nino could have had a hat trick in the first 10 minutes of the game with the amount of opportunities that he had. But, um, you know, over the course of 60 minutes, I, I know we all were interested to see how Cole Perfetti held his own uh, at the center position, how Nikolai Ehlers looked after not appearing in any preseason game. What were your thoughts about that line? I mean, they certainly had a hot start. How did you feel things went over the whole 60 uh, for line two? Yeah, I thought they were good. You know, they, they weren't as as jump off the page as as the top line was. But, I mean, I, I don't really have too many complaints about them. It was just the lack of finish, I guess, and some unfortunate bounces you know, specifically with Nino with that wide open net hits off a skate of a flame there. They 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 certainly could could have put in a couple of goals last night. I, th- I thought Perfetti looked good down the middle. I mean, that's kind of the main thing I think we're all looking for right now as to how that line and how the forward group looks. He's really smart. Like it just you watch him play, and that's the the thing that just keeps popping off the page to me. Like he just he reads hockey so well. He processes the game so quickly. I was impressed as well, like even in his own end, like, you know, like winning, winning some battles more so in the positioning sense than trying to, to brute strength somebody. He's he, I, I was kind of pleasantly surprised by by how he looked there. And then even I mean, Ehlers didn't show all that much rust either. Like he was flying out there. I, I, I thought he looked good. I, that, that, that line, as long as Perfetti is able to be the motor that that drives it down the middle. That, that that has the potential to be a pretty dangerous second line, but it's ultimately going to come down to how well Cole Perfetti adapts down the middle there. There's no doubt about it. And, and he might be the most, in terms of the ceiling and the floor for the team this year, Cole Perfetti might have the most say in that. And I, I thought that was a promising start in the right direction. It, it, it wasn't, oh my gosh, we've got an 80-point setterman or something like that. But in terms of, of game one against a good opponent, I, I, I thought step in the right direction for sure from those three um I, I listen i loved a lot of what we saw from the bottom six just actually while we stay on the on the topic of the the former kings um you know kapari's playing in that fourth line role 
Um, and I think most of us haven't really seen very much of him, you know, tried to pay attention in the preseason and the, uh, the limited amount we saw him. He's got some wheels. Like, he blew by one of the Flame defenders earlier on and went in and got a shot on Markstrom, part of the you know number of great saves that he had from point-blank range. Um, and then you got Ayafalo, who's an absolute difference maker, straight up. I mean, playing with Lowry and Appleton. I still think, like, I would love to see Nemetsnikov and Appleton maybe swap. I think he might add a little bit more offensively to that line because I think with Ayafalo there and obviously with the captain in the middle, there's the potential for some more offense. Um, but we talked like a lot that, about yeah. how this team looks a lot deeper right now. It certainly does look deeper with those uh, with those two lines holding their own defensively as well and you know generating a little bit more on the other end. Yeah, and you know, like each line came out on the right end of things in terms of like the shot charts and the shot advantages and things like that. I thought the fourth line, more so than any of them, looked, I don't know if discombobulated is the right word, but it, it just looked like we've got a square piece, a triangle piece, and a circle piece, and they're just not quite fitting together yet. And I I might agree with you that maybe Nemesnikov getting the jump up is is probably the right spot for him. I, I I just thought he wasn't reading off his line mates, and and look they they haven't played together all that much, pretty much any of these lines, so there's going to be a bit of an adjustment period. But I, I I do wonder about if the fourth line is the best spot for for Vladdy, and I mean we saw him last year. He played pretty damn good in the second line. Like we know he's he's got it in him to to perform offensively, and he's he's responsible in his own end as well. Um, I mean, if you're if you're going to compare Appleton and Nemestikov specifically, we know where the higher offensive ceiling is. Um, so I think that I, I I wonder I wonder what the leash is in terms of how long we see this lineup continually continually going out night after night. But I would agree with you. Yeah, I I, I got no problem with Nemestikov jumping up to the third line there. Uh, especially because Ayafalo looks like he's got a little more offensive chops than what Adam Lowry's had the past couple of seasons there, and you might you might get a little more extra contribution from that third line if, if Laddie comes. I, I think Ayafalo might be the most complete player um, that Lowry's had. Period. Over the last you know five six years that he's been uh, he's been there, he's played endless. Andrew Kopp certainly turned into a, a guy that has made a big difference. But if you look just simply at goal scoring. Ayafalo has consistently exceeded Cop throughout his career. Um, and, you know, coming over from L.A., I mean, talking to Dennis Bernstein, some of the guys was, you know, renowned as probably the, one of the best, if not the best, two-way guy, you know, outside of maybe a Kopitar on that lineup and a guy that was really impactful. So, uh, and I mean, as far as the fourth line goes, I mean, it is the fourth line. I mean, I don't think we were expecting to look like the Harlem Globetrotters or anything <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, in game number one of the season, Overall, you know what the though. Jets do need, Huss up front? They 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 need somebody like Yannick Perot. I don't know how much he's hiring, but like, and I'm not a big face-off guy, but man, this team sucks at face-offs. <laughs> like they just like whatever it is. Like I don't want to hire a fourth-line center face-off specialist per se, but can we get like a Yannick Perot or a 2023 Bob like, Randy Gillen? Yeah, like can we figure something out here just to to bump up the percentages a little bit? Because it's been a problem. It might be a problem since the Jets came back. I I don't know if the team's ever been good at it. But it would just be nice. It would be nice to have a face-off in your own zone late in the game and be like, 
we have a shred of confidence that they're going to be able to at least tie it up, right? As opposed to win it cleanly. But that, 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 I mean, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know. I don't know what the Jets can do there other than just hope, hope somehow they get better as the season goes well, along. And, and you know what? I mean, maybe, you know, in particular situations, I mean, not that Rick could have changed. I mean, that last one, it was an unfortunate icing by Nate right, Schmidt. Yeah. So you got the guys out there that were out there, and you just got to hope that they're able to execute, and unfortunately it didn't happen. Jack Bauer, Markstrom was good, not great. It was mostly on not being able to finish. He didn't rob anyone. Oh, that's one way to look at it, I guess. I can tell you that in the building, that certainly was not the way that it looked, and I'll tell you, Calgary Flames fans certainly weren't saying that last night. Um, All in all, though, a a nice performance, uh, an unfortunate result. Um, but I think a lot of optimism about what this team will be capable of, especially when we get to Saturday afternoon in that home opener at 3 p.m. at Canada Life Center. Jason Petrick of the Petrick Band is going to join us at the uh, towards the tail end of the program around 2.30 today, talk a little bit about them, getting the opportunity to play for Jet fans and uh, kind of get uh, people ready for it. Um, Brandon, before we even get to the home opener, uh, I mean, I can't have you on this week and just kind of overlook the rather large news that happened on Monday. Um, I was rolling into a target in North Dakota when uh, that happened. Uh, where were you on Monday? Just what was your reaction? And uh, what, uh, now that you've had a few days to, to think about it, um, uh, what do you think about the uh, the two massive extensions, identical extensions for uh, Helly and Shife? Yeah, so I funny story. Um I was about 45 minutes into recording our our episode on uh, <laughs> Of course you were. Oh yeah, on on our our regular season predictions and no lie, I just finished saying that I thought the Jets were going to miss the playoffs because they were going to trade Mark Shifley and that they were <laughs> And then that happened. <laughs> so <laughs> Timing wise, it wasn't it wasn't a great moment for me, um, <laughs> but so maybe my initial reaction like I was I was pretty pissed off at the time actually, so I, I wasn't in a good mind mind space when I heard the news. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I'm more positive a few days after thinking about it, but like I I still think it's a bit of a mixed bag for me. I mean, you know that I've I I mean going back to earlier this year. That I've been on. If we can find a way to sign Connor Hellebuck, get it done. Like I, I've, I've never really wavered on that. Regardless, yeah, you of and what I have direction. been on that island, or not necessarily an island. I think we've had a lot of co- company. Not yeah. necessarily everybody, but he's too good and too important to this team to not have. Right. Like if you, ha- if you, to me, in any sport, if you have an elite talent, like somebody that's top five at their position, you, you hold on to them. Like you just, it doesn't matter. You figure out how everything works after that, right? So like I, I was 100% on board and still am with, with the Hellebuck extension. Um, it's it's the Shifley one that I, I think there's, it's just to me like there's a lot on both sides that it's it's not a win, but it's not a loss necessarily either. The other thing is, can you get the Hellebuck extension done without getting the Shifley extension done, right? Like there's a lot that goes into it. There's obviously... I think at least way more risk with the Shifley deal. And my, my own, I guess my big concern with it is just, does it cap the ceiling of the team? You know what I mean? Like what, what, or what is the ceiling of the team moving forward, I guess. And I mean, right now they look great in game one last night, but I mean, I think it's fair to say that this is a, a wild card playoff team at the moment. 
maybe they can squeak into third in the central, but it, it's either way, it's going to be tough for them to win multiple rounds. And they're probably going to be an underdog in the first round against whoever they go up this year. Right. So I, I, I guess I just wonder about how, how this team is going to be able to navigate going from a bubble team to somebody that's more so on the contending side of things. But one thing that is 100% clear now, Hus, is that the uncertainty is gone. There's a lot more positivity inside the room for sure, which is great. It, it's time for management. You, you've picked a direction now. Like, let's go out there and let's support this club, right? Like, go out there and now that you've made a win-now move in signing both of these guys to long-term extensions, let's make sure it's a win-now organization. And there are a few holes on this team. There's no doubt about that. I, I think there just needs to be a concerted effort from now that the players have have bought in, that management just has to go out and step up and say, look, we, we believe in you guys and we're going to go out there and we're going to make the moves necessary to be a win-now team. Because that's what those extensions were, right? Like you don't sign guys in their 30s to $8.5 million deals if you're planning on hunting this thing down the road for two or three years. So I'm intrigued to see what additional moves are made on top of this because the direction could not be, you know, more clear by by the higher ups. Like when you're thinking, listen, I don't think anything's happening in, you know, the net. Like, listen, it's certainly uh, so much is going to be determined by how the team plays, where they're at, um, you know, as well as where the prospects are at. You know, if, if all of a sudden we're talking about, okay, these guys are done, let's get rid of Brad Lambert for some help on the blue line or something like that. I mean... I mean, these are seven-year extensions that kick in next year. I mean, this is a window with these players. And even if you want to say, like, okay, the last couple years, you know, that's probably when you're getting the least value uh, out of the players. And we'll see whether that's true. I mean, history would tell you it will be. Um, You know, how things, you know, are played out for this year will happen. But, I mean, listen, in two years, in three years, I mean, I think Shifley's still going to be a very, very productive player. Um, you know, at what point do you have somebody within the hockey club, whether that's coming internally or potentially through a, tra- a trade, I guess, that could usurp him as the number one center? That's probably well down the road. And it also puts a position, and I think this is huge, that when you're bringing in Rucker McGrory or Chaz Lucius or Brad Lambert, I mean, they're not basically coming in, okay, welcome to the NHL. Uh, here's a guy that's been a point-of-game player for the last 10 years for this team that's gone and fill his shoes right away. I mean, I think it certainly puts together that that plan to grow with that next generation of prospects that legitimately have excited a lot of fans. It kind of puts them on that. Um, I mean, the one thing is, I mean, I think, like, I, listen, right now, I mean, that forward group looks deep. I mean, I think those guys can, you know, can play with anybody. You would in a perfect world, like to improve the blue line. I mean, the biggest issue right now, I mean, I see right now, Brandon, is uh, can you improve internally when Billy Hanelon finally gets back from the from the ankle injury? Does does he make that big of a difference? Because, um, listen, I, I thought Pionk was fine last night. Nate Schmidt, of course, had a little bit of a uh, rough run there at the end with the icing and then obviously that end goal. Um, but listen, if there was a market for Nate Schmidt and that, at that salary, that would have happened. I mean, you're probably seeing a turnover at those positions two years from uh, two years from now. Yeah, like that. The earliest that's going to happen is in, is this upcoming off season, right? Like you're just not. I mean, until the cap goes up and until the season 
winds down. Nobody's going to have room to to make a move to bring somebody like that in cap wise. Anyways, I, I guess what I mean, Huss, and I agree that I think defense is the spot this team needs to to find some reinforcements for. Is that if and when somebody in the trade market is available, and I'm not saying give up first round picks for rentals. But there's always somebody each year that comes up that's got some term left on their deal. Sometimes they don't have an NTC in their contract. Like th- There needs to be a level of aggressiveness here in, in terms of, of bringing in help. And I think, look, having Hellebuck sign long term, that's, that's a hell of a sales pitch to somebody when you're trying to convince them to come to Winnipeg. So, I mean, that that's part of it, too, where it does become easier to bring in reinforcements here. But I just hope that, you know, there's been a number of players over the past few years that have been available on the trade market that have term that the team has shied away from for whatever reason. Not that they need to be reckless, but I think there needs to be a level of aggression that when and if those players do become available, if it is first round picks, if it is prospects that are on the table, I I just think they need to be aggressive in doing so earlier rather than later to take advantage of those contracts with Shifley and Hellebuck because they will be productive down the road, but their level of production is going to be highest in these next couple of years. And so I would like to see the team take advantage of that. Hey, just quickly, this is just the last one because Billy's going to be jumping on. I'm sure we'll get into this with him as well. Um, Listen, we know Hellebuck is Hellebuck. He's going to be the guy that, I mean, fascinating so much, like different players, different positions, different representatives, and yet they sign the exact same deal. I mean, I think the message that sends is a, a great one right off the top. But as far as Mark goes, um, listen, he was playing for six and a quarter all of that time. You can, I mean, there have been plenty of speculation. We'll just put it at that way that he was, you know, felt underpaid and that sort of maybe, and maybe some other people got in his ear as well, frankly, I think that, you know, kind of turned him from the, the hockey nerd that had so much excitement to a guy that, it was a different person, frankly, for the, the last couple of years, and we saw the way things ended. Now that this team is committed to him, that he is committed to Winnipeg, he knows exactly where he stands going forward, and there's really nothing else to do other than go out and play and help your team win, win the hockey games. What do you think this does for Mark? Um, just in his level of happiness, the focus on the one thing that really matters, and that is team success now, because, I mean, there's no contract talk. That is done. I mean, how much of a benefit? And, you know, can we, what are the likelihood that we see maybe Mark Shifley? And he certainly has seemed this way so far this season, especially after Monday. And the first guy to speak last night after the game. Um, where do you see that going with Mark? And, um, you know, maybe you can go with two sides. But the, the best case scenario for Shifley and what this does to him in his position on this team, obviously, as part of the leadership group now with Adam Lowry leading the way and Blake Wheeler long gone. Yeah, I mean, it's not the answer you're looking for, but I, I guess my answer would be, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what it does for him. Um, what I would say is I'm not expecting a Steve Eiserman-esque defensive turnaround. I mean... I don't know if on, he has that club in his bag, but just a yeah, little right? bit like, of being I mean, better would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, can it be better? Sure, but I mean, he he is what he is at this point, is he not? Like he's thirty, going to be thirty-one. He, he's going to be a very effective offensive player who's going to give some of it back at his own end. Like that, I just think that's who he is right now. Um, do some of the external factors being taken away help to elevate his performance? 
I, I think it might this year. I can't say that with any level of, of certainty, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that having Velarde on the line with him and, and Kyle Connor is, yeah. is going to be a big boost. Like I, I, I put more credence into somebody like that helping to elevate Mark Shifley than the fact that he's got his his financial future secured. You know, I, I think that's going to be a much more bigger factor into seeing a, a better Mark Shifley this year. Yeah, I mean, the other thing would just be having some luck in the playoffs and, and staying healthy. Like that, yeah. that's, I mean, he, he's been a great playoff performer. Playing he's in the had, playoffs. That, yeah. That's he's a great had, start. <laughs> he's had some bad luck and he's had some self-inflicted issues as well. Like if he can just stay healthy and, and give the jets 20 minutes a night in the playoffs, say hey, may, maybe he, maybe we see the guy that, that took the lead by storm five, six years. Hey buddy. Great stuff as always. Um, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll look forward to a more skates and plates and more visits on WST, uh, we'll uh, maybe see you at the rink or uh, definitely see you next week on the uh, on the program. Beauty, sounds good. Talk to you guys soon. Good stuff. There's Brandon Rewicki. Follow and uh, subscribe to Skates and Plates wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right. Um, home opener, of course, is Saturday. We're going to talk to Jason Petrick a little later on. But you know what Tuesday is, gang? The first night of the WST crew taking over Section 316 and some of 317 for the first of our four games. Um, if you're new around here, uh, if you if you missed it, um, we've worked with the Jets and put together a four-game ticket package, which um, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. We've had an amazing, amazing turnout. Uh, 316 is full, but we added some seats in Section 317. We'd love to have you join us. Um, Four awesome games. Next Tuesday, our first game, LA Kings, Dubois back in town. November 30th against the Oilers, who, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure the Oilers shows are a little bit different than uh, some of the others around the league today. 8-1 last night. Yikes. That being said, they'll be fine. McDavid, Dreisaitl should be a great one. Saturday night, Jan 27th against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Hockey Night in Canada. And then what? Could be a massive game, a rematch of last night's opener between the Jets and the Flames Thursday, April 4th. 375 taxes in for the entire package. You'll get a free beer, drink, soda, or pop at all four games through your Jets app. And uh, we'll be getting together with the folks in uh, that little bar right outside our sections before the game. Maybe doing a few raffles and stuff. And, uh, should be a heck of a lot of fun. If you want to join us, there still are some seats available. Not many, though. Jump on it. The link is in the description of this YouTube video right at the top. And if you're listening on the podcast, all you need to do, go to winnipegsportstalk.com, click that link, get your crew, and uh, let's do this. We'll hopefully see you on Tuesday night for game one of our four-game Winnipeg Sports Talk Pack. And again, don't forget, home opener Saturday and the party in the plaza gets going at uh, two at noon before the 3 p.m. start. Um, hey, folks, a big thanks to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. We've got great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products, too. Um, when you order online, though, right now at myvita.ca, you can choose same-day local delivery if you get your order in by 11 a.m., uh, and of course, now you get a free gift as well if you place an order for $100 or more over at My Vita. Um, listen, Vita Health, great local company, family owned and operated since 1936, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Pop down and see them at one of six Winnipeg locations or uh, shop online at myvita.ca.
I've got to thank our, the gang at Wallace and Wallace for their great support. Now we know, everybody knows that Wallace and Wallace is the standard when it comes to fencing in Winnipeg. Um, but what you might not know is they're also the leader in overhead doors. And your overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you to and from all the great summer activities you and your family were doing. But listen, that garage door is about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name, well, or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. And uh, hey, uh, it's great to see the guys, Kenny and the gang, all with the suits on, ready to go for another season. Uh, if you're kind of looking around going, damn, I don't know if whether my closet is ready for the uh, change of the season and you need to up your menswear game, there's only one place to do it. And that, my friends, is F Apparel at 190 Smith Street downtown. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Um, the folks at F also have a great deal. If you're in a wedding or having one, 15% discount for wedding parties when the fellas get their suits at F Apparel. Tell them Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. Pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street, and you can make an appointment or find out more online at F. That's EPHapparel.com. All right, lots to chop up with Scotty Billick, who joins us now from the Winnipeg Sun. Scott, what's up, bud? How are you? Going. Going. It's a good day. Can't complain. So, yeah, I'm good. I broke a, I broke a light this morning trying to get the setup for the for the camera, so that, that was fun. I was scrambling <laughs> before I came on, so there's shattered glass everywhere I had to deal with, but... The viewers always like different things in the background, so I try yeah, to switch what's it up. That, what's the 81? What is that? Is that your tribute to Phil Kessel? or No, no, that's my old jersey from a league that I used to play in. So, yeah, I think I got kicked out of that league, actually. So I, that's why I kept that jersey. So yeah. <laughs> I see the K&R BS shovel is still hanging on the door. Yeah, that's it's nice. still there. I've got a Heritage Classic uh, <laughs> toque on top of the rug that everybody loves. Yeah. My paintball gun, the rubber ducky, from Star Wars Lego. Um, yeah. <laughs> listen, lots for us to get to, but um, in uh, much like yeah. Brandon, uh, let's kind of start with last night. Um, um, you know, uh, reactions from game number one for the Winnipeg Jets from the mind of Billick. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that game was a positive, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It, you know, it's funny we, we we've dissected so many losses over the last few years and how poorly the team played in those losses. And then you look at last night, and you know I was being probably a little hyper, hyperbolic on Twitter, calling it you know a minor renaissance last night. But it was weird. Like I mean, you watch that first period one. I mean, the Jets had ten shots in the first six minutes of the game. All four lines were going well. The power play was unbelievably good. Other than I mean, they did everything you could except score or score a goal. And that lasted for a good two periods. Yeah, Calgary tightened it up in the third, but the Jets were still pushing. You had a couple of mistakes. Obviously, the the Nate Schmidt icing call. I mean, that looks bad. Um, the Uyghurs goal. Nate Schmidt was kind of there too because he kind of got beat off a puck after Rasmus Kapari won a face off, and then Schmidt couldn't win a board battle, and so you know the puck gets moved around and and Mackenzie Uyghur scores. But you know, I look at that game last time, like, and I think a lot of people said it last night, but he, and Rick Bonus included after the game. But if the Jets play that game every night. Don't win a lot of hockey games, us, and and I think that's 
I think that's what you take from that game. Like, you know, you're trying not to. It's not you're not trying to put lipstick on a pig here. You're not trying to you know silver lining, but it is game one of the season, and the Jets look good. And and yeah, you know, there's just a couple of goals that the only you'd obviously like back. Connor Hellebuck didn't have his best start, um, but he generally doesn't. I tweeted out last night. He doesn't generally doesn't have a good opening opening season opening game. I mean, he, his I think out of the seven that he's played now. Uh, for this team, well, he played eight now, but of the seven previous, only two, I believe, were above uh, 900, 900 save percentage. So, yeah, I, I don't know, Huss. I mean, to me, I look at that game and I'm like, there's a lot to build off of there. And, you know, a few of those pucks go in. Jacob Markson doesn't stand on his head like he did. Uh, you know, I think the Jets are going to win a lot of games this year if they keep playing that way. Now, you know, there's 81 games to go. And, and the biggest thing about last night for the Jets is not to get kind of discouraged with losing the way that they did because, yeah, I, I, and I think, you know, you listen to Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor after the game, both of them were like, you know, I, I think there was just, there was a general sense that, that there's a lot to build off on that game and we can dissect all the lines and all that or whatever. But, I mean, everybody, everybody for the most part looked good. And you look at the analytics last night, unbelievable analytics. I mean, I don't know the last time you looked at the Jets – roster um after a game and you're seeing guys with expected goals in the 90s and and, and a ton right like in 90 percent i mean it was just you know the jets did everything but win that game and and you know i, I think that's where you kind of you build upon it on if you're a fan and 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 obviously if you're the jets big week for kevin shevelday off in the organization we'll get to yeah. that in a couple minutes but um i'd say that big night last night for Kevin Cheveldayoff because I don't think there was many that uh, did not think that first glance at the return for Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't add a heck of a lot in a number yeah. of different uh, areas in that forward group. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where do you want to start? Gabe Velarde, unbelievably, you know, unbelievable. One thing I saw about, you know, out of all the four lines, there was always somebody in front of the net last night. And how many times have we sat here and talked about why don't the Jets put somebody in front of the net? Like, you know, like, and now you got a guy like Gabe Velarde, who's a big boy on the ice, and, and, and Rasmus Kapari, too. I saw him quite a bit last night sitting in front of the net as well. Um, and then and taking obviously, the puck to the net, too. Well, like, I, so I, that's I, the thing. Faster than I thought. Well, that's it. Like, I tweeted this out last night, and somebody actually uh, I asked the question, like, when's the last time a Jets fourth line center walked? a defenseman and, and got that shot off. Right. Like, and somebody pointed out a video of 2012, Chris Thorburn doing it. Right. That's I mean, <laughs> like, we're looking at like 11 years ago. Right. I mean, I don't know if that's the last time, but uh, good find from whoever that was. Um, but you know, that that's the thing, right? I mean, you look at Alex Alfalo's goal. Where, where was he? He was in front of the net. He fired the screen, gets a nice tip on it. And it's a goal. Gabe Velarde had a hell of a game. I think he had, what would he finish with seven shots last night? Yeah. Um, you know, at five of them, I believe, were on the power play. I mean, I, you know, you try and be kind of, you know, you don't want it ever to be too high and too low. And Jets have had a lot of too lows, uh, you know, over the last couple of seasons. But they all look good. Like every one of those Los Angeles Kings last night looked good on uh, in Winnipeg Jets jersey, right? And And so... Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to I think I think there's a lot to be happy about if you're a Jets fan, and and you're right about you know Kevin Chevaldeff. Like, it went from Kevin Chevaldeff this week doing half the job in the summer still, right? You know, they, they traded Dubois and, and they moved um, or they bought out Blake Wheeler, 
And and then you know to, on Monday, you know, you find out out of nowhere that they've re-signed Mark Shifley and and Colbuck to you know matching seven year sixty million dollar deals essentially. Um, I mean that that took care of a lot of the questions that people had. I mean, is it what everybody may have wanted in the end? I mean, we can debate that, but I, you don't have that 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 kind of cloud hanging over this team that that, that distraction now going into the season and. You know, I thought Mark Scheifele looked great last night, if, I, if, if we're being honest. I mean, the large part of that, especially that first power play in the first period, the, the big reason why that it was so potent, Mark Scheifele wins three face-offs, um, all on the same power play in the offensive zone, and, and, and they just keep the pressure going. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's game one. You don't want to put a huge amount of stock into it. But at the same time, it's been a while since we've seen a Jets team like this that can really come at you from, from the top line to the fourth line. Um, you know, was the defense great last night? I don't know. I mean, again, I, you know, I, I look at there's one shorthanded goal, there's one power play goal against. The, the Lindholm uh, goal, that, that was a dagger, but, you know, that came with a bunch of tired guys on the ice, and Connor Hellbuck was left on an island on that goal. It was Nate Schmidt chasing a guy behind the net, and nobody was there in front. So I mean, again, like I said, there's stuff to clean up, but yeah, it's uh, it's a good, it's a, it's the best start of the season the Jets could have had by losing five three, right? I mean, when you look at it in the end, you know, they still didn't get a point or two points, but they probably deserved it. No, they did deserve it. I mean, not even probably, they deserved at least a point in that game, um, if not two, just by the way they played. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a good feeling around this organization right now, based off of one game. Um, we'll see how it goes for us. Well, you know what? I think a big part of that good feeling around the organization and certainly the fan base is what happened on Monday. Uh, I've asked all, sure, our, yeah. all our regulars, take us back to Monday. I mean, you're getting ready to probably scarf a turkey down or something. I mean, <laughs> I was driving home from the rink. Driving, it was horrible. Home, driving home from the rink. <laughs> Yeah. Um, did you find out that someone text you? Did you get a phone call or did you just get I, I looked at an email. So like, it's funny, right? Cause like, you know, whatever they, they send out these emails, you know, you get the PR emails, uh, from time to time. And I, I honestly, and I wasn't really thinking about it. And so I, I saw it on my phone and, you know, I wasn't, you know, trying to pick up my phone to look at anything, but we got to a red light and allegedly I may have picked up my phone to look allegedly Let's make, make that very clear. Not confirmed. Um, and so, you know, the, the iPhone has it and, and the, the email little notification expands a little bit and like, Jets sign, I'm like, what? what? And so allegedly again, that light turned green and I, I may have, you know, hit the, the right pedal a little harder than I normally would. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's where I found out about it. Yeah. I'm you know, like, I guess I'm not eating dinner tonight. You know, like it was... So, because it happened right after practice, and the practice was a little later on Monday, I think. Um, and of course, I mean, this is exactly how you know teams do it—they don't just break up kind of your day. But you know, it was a big announcement, right? I mean, I, I think it—I think it shocked a lot of people at first, of course. Um, um, but you know, I, I think you look forward and you're like, okay. I mean, we can debate all we want, but these last two or three years of these contracts are going to look like. I would contest that, you know, they won't be as bad as what the Blake Wheeler contract looks like because the cap is expected to, you know, begin going up and up and, and that sort of thing as we shift out of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, the money's the same. The money's the same as Wheeler. Basically, yeah, and, right. And, and we're talking the, about a cap like yeah. we're talking <clears throat> six years in a, in the future to get to the last two years of those deals. I yeah, mean, the, I, the economics of the league is right. going to be different. It's going to be different next year. Frankly, yeah. 
And and I and I think that's the, the thing that you have to look at is that these contracts, you know, in two years, these contracts could look really good, you know, and, and, and that might be where the peak of this kind of window becomes, right? Next year, maybe the year after, right? Like we'll see. I mean, it could be this year. You, you never know. Um, but I mean, I think if you're looking ahead, now you kind of know what you can build around. Now you know that you don't have to go out next summer and try and find a top line center and 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 your next starting goaltender, right? So like, I think now like you know the, the thing that I saw that was most uh, interesting about this is that we finally saw kind of a direction that this team is heading, right? Whether or not you agree with signing these guys to seven year deals, they're committed now, and they have their top line center. They have their you know one of the world's best goalies in net. And so now you would imagine that they try and, and supplement this this roster around that, right? Because you've, in my opinion, you've kind of reopened maybe a, a you know a three to four year window here, where this team can really kind of go and compete for a Stanley Cup. And and if you look at kind of the the contracts that have you know there's a lot of room now, and they're going to be co- sort of forced into it to bring in a lot of your young talent like the Billy Hanalas, the Elias Salmonsons down the road, the Barlows, the McGroarties, those guys. Because those guys are going to be on cheap deals, right? And you look at some of these teams that have won Stanley Cups. They do it oftentimes with a bunch of, you know, low kind of contracts, or like entry-level deals or bridge deals after that or whatever. Quality and then you have your Highlander. Quality contributing right. players on ELCs. That is, exactly. a, is, is always the case. And, now, teams and I, now I think this is part of what the Jets are going to do, right? Because I think... Again, you know, you would hope that Kevin Shoveldayoff, after 12 seasons, a couple really bad ones, has kind of looked around the league, done his research, and seen, like, okay, you know, there are possibilities to still do what other teams have done because they've rebuilt this prospect pool in a pretty good way. I mean, I think a couple of years ago we would have looked at this before they drafted Barlow and McGroarty and some of these other guys got Chibrikov over here, um, and now you've seen Elias Salmonson had a really good camp. Uh, Billy Hanela, who would probably have been in the lineup last night, if if not for his injury, like I think you can see that some of these guys are actually turn going to turn into regular NHLers, um, and so you can kind of plan the cap and your cap situation sort of around knowing that hopefully you know for some of these guys that you don't know for sure yet um, that they're going to you know develop into players, and and so you can kind of start figuring it out from there. So. To me, there's a, there's a three to four year window now that's kind of been opened, and now you just have to you got to take your shot at it, right? Like you really got to take your shot at it because you've signed these guys, and you know you got to know that by the time they're thirty five or thirty six, maybe even younger. But you know the way that Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellbuck kind of keep their, their themselves in shape, you know I think you might get some good years still at that thirty five age, but. But you got to think that these contracts are still going to be, you know, what they are expected to be. Father Heart Times, undefeated, all that sort of thing. So you got three or four years now, um, and, and you got to go for it. And and I think there, it's just going to line up really well because if Holy Barlow's in the lineup next year, McGrory or whoever, um, or or the year after that, I, I think there's a lot of room here for this team to, to yeah, to kind of bridge, you know, two sides of their of their cap and and. And kind of really take a, a big run at it. So yeah, I mean, to me, yeah, it's interesting. Me, the, yep. the, the sweet spot, if we're if we're kind of looking ahead, I mean, it's not necessarily this year. Although, I mean, we'll yeah. see. I mean, and listen, team plays the way they did last night. They're going to win a lot of hockey games, and they'll be a very very tough team to beat. Um, but I mean, I look at this in in a year or two, maybe especially in two. Yeah. Like, let's think that maybe next year you've got 
two of those young guys, you know, coming into the lineup. Um, yeah. And I mean, it is important to, to note when we're talking about this prospect pool, I mean, Brad Lambert and Elias Salmonson are both courtesy of the Andrew Kopp trade, which is yeah. looking <laughs> really, really good right now. And as they say, early returns on the PLD trade look pretty good, especially when you consider the situation that the, uh, that the club was in. Um, but as the roster Mm. turns over more from the fringes and you still have those guys, part of this sort of newer core. And I include the guys from the Los Angeles Kings, especially in Iafalo and Velarde as part of that. Um, you know, if Barlow and McGrory can come in and contribute as rookies, if one or one or both of Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius can show that they can come in and be productive and doing it on ELCs. Um, yep. Then you have it. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, now it's time to go trade prospects and uh, load up right now. I mean, like, I- I'm not sure that right now is the time to that. And to be honest, I think that that might significantly set back the potential of the organization overall in a couple right. seasons. I mean, like, do I expect these guys to come in and, you know, turn the league upside down as rookies? Oh, maybe not. But listen, this is a young man's game right now. And there are a lot of younger players that can come in and do that. And I think everyone's pretty pretty optimistic about the potential of that group coming in and, and and not this year, but definitely in the next couple seasons after this make well, significant contributions. And I mean, uh, you put all that together, I mean, and you could see a team that, you know, battles with some of the best teams in the NHL. Well, and I think next year you can look at it and be like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you got to look at Dylan DeMello and Brendan Dillon and be like, okay, well, which one of these guys you know, do we want to keep? And which one of these, like, if you're the Jets, you got to figure out who do you want, who do you not want? I mean, it's potentially that they want them both, but then you're starting to really block some of the guys that we've talked about, the Salmonsons, because you're looking at two guys, really, and you're going to lose Nate Schmidt maybe in, I think he's got two years left, right, Nate Schmidt, yeah. uh, on his deal. I mean, maybe there's something that they can do there. I mean, I think you might be at some point, in it because you know if you think about it, I mean, it, there's a potential next year that that Hanela and 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 Salmonson are are in this lineup. Um, and when again you 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 inject those guys in the lineup, and let's say potentially you lose Brendan Dillon and, and Dylan Demello, well now you've opened up around I think that's either seven or, or eight or nine million dollars, right? You know to kind of you know place elsewhere in the lineup if, if you want to, uh, and and so. Yeah, like I, I think there's a good opportunity here. And let's not forget, and I've been a big proponent about this over the, like if you build it in this city, people will come because, you know, at the end of the day, players that are looking to win, and there's a lot of them out there, there's a lot of people out there that want to win a Stanley Cup, right? And and if they, if they see a good opportunity here as either a rental or they got a couple of years left on their deal and they got an NTC or an, you know, no movement clause or whatever. You know, I, I think you can attract guys here again, right? Like, I mean, that the Paul Stasny, the one time that, you know, way back, I mean, it's been six years now, but Paul Stasny waived no movement, his no no movement clause or no trade, whatever he had in, in, in St. Louis to come and take a shot at the cup, you know, here in Winnipeg. Like, I, I don't think, you know, whether it's for three months or it's for a couple of years, I think guys are eventually going to, again, look at Winnipeg if it keeps going in that direction as a place where they can potentially win a cup. They don't have to sign here long-term, but maybe they will. Who knows? I mean, you got to, you know, once you get them into this city, then you can see what happens. You know, it happened with Paul Stasny eventually. I mean, he came back after a couple of years with Vegas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a really good 
I think yeah, for the first time us in a little while, like I think the future looks good for the Jets right now, right? And I and I think, you know, it's weird saying that because it's been a couple seasons and maybe, you know, three or four, maybe even five tough years. I mean, obviously they went to the playoffs a couple times in there or whatever, but it, they never really said so like if you looked at this team and then you looked at the Stan, eventual Stanley Cup winner, you could see a you know a sizable gap, right? Um, but you know, what we saw last night from the Jets team, you know, again with game one and all that kind of as the caveat is that, you know, this team can compete. Um, and yeah, I mean, they lost a tough game, but I, I think there's potential in this roster. There's potential well, there now is. and potential coming up. And, and, you know, I think that's what you want to see. Well, and, and listen, for, I mean, a team that I think wants to, and I know, listen, I know they've always said the right things. This team is really tight. They come together. I, I Put it this way, color me skeptical yeah. as to where that was in the past. Yeah. And, and listen, I keep going back to this, but, Blake was still productive last year. He had 55 points. They paid him five and a half million dollars to beat it. Um, that there's Sorry. a there is a reason yeah. for that, folks. Um, and Adam Lowry, I think, in a lot of ways, is a perfect leader for this club because he's not the guy that you know needs to be out there in every key situation. Although he is in a number of key situations, more from a defensive perspective or a selfless role playing with these guys. But man, like the, the 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 intangibles to this deal, to these dual dual deals. First of all, the fact that they're both exactly the same, same AAV, yeah. same term. I mean, like that. Being that's a message to the think about it. Absolutely, that right? that, that mm-hmm. message to the fan base is great. But it yeah. is also like I think all of us have been wondering, like you know, as the, you know, with where everything was at this summer. Like, what's Ehlers thinking right now? What's Kyle Connor thinking right now? What's, yeah. you know, even Joe Josh Morrissey signed for five years. Like, where are they at? I don't think we've got any of those questions anymore. And I and I do believe, at least right now, the makeup of this team to be what they've been saying that they have been for a long time is a heck of a lot more. And the other thing that I love, Scott, and this is just from a Winnipeg guy perspective, is that the next time some bozo in Toronto tells us that everyone can't wait to get out of Winnipeg, once again, we can look at the track record of this team and the organization, the general manager, in getting really good hockey players to say, you know what, I like it here, I think we can win here, and I'm committing here. And uh, that's a great thing for anybody with a stake in the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a, you know, there was a time this offseason and last year or so where, yeah, I think Kevin Chevrolet was probably pretty worried about that because, I mean, there was the potential. I mean, you can look at the guys that have signed here and you can look at the guys that have left here that they've drafted and and developed and whatever. And, you know, the list of names, uh, there's a lot of names you'd still want on that team, whether it's Jacob Truba or Patrick Laine or whatever, right? Um, but then you look at the guys like Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Shifley twice now, um, Connor Hellebuck twice now. I mean, obviously the team had control when 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 they signed these two guys early on, um, you know, after their entry level deals and all that. But but yeah, I mean, I think getting these deals done the way that they did and for the money that they did, it's a bit of a stroke of genius, right? I mean, I've been very critical of Kevin Shoveldayoff. I mean. 12 years, not really a whole lot to show for it um, in, in terms of on the ice, right? I mean, one, one trip to the Western final, they lost in five games. It's been a tough time. They watched their defense kind of crumble from them after the 2018-19 season. Uh, it's been a long road back, right? But, I mean, you got to give Kevin Sheldayoff credit, right? If you're going to criticize him, you also have to give him credit at times. And 
And, and, and there's credit to be given here. I mean, these two deals, I mean, again, I, I don't know how well they look in the end, but right now they look great and, and, and they look good for the team. He found a way. I mean, I think it's an, it, incredible that you got both of them to sign for the same amount. And, and it's true what people say about these guys. I mean, both of these guys probably left, I mean, in Shifley's case, might have left, you know, 500000 maybe a million on the table. Connor Hellbuck, maybe $2 million. Right, I'm not sure with the term. I'm not sure. I mean, part of that, and this is well, part of doing not, business. But... I mean, listen, they got seven year deals, but I, I'll say this if you told me that these guys were going to sign for eight and a half billion bucks, I, I would have put a large chunk in on the fact that they were eight year deals. So the fact that sure. they were seven, I think, is significant as, uh, as well. I mean, this is going to be. I, I mean, probably we'll be able to talk about this sort of effect of what Monday meant to this team. For a, for a long, long time. But uh, in the meantime, 0-1, uh, pretty nice performance the last <laughs> yeah. night. We get ready for the Florida Panthers on uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Billick, yeah. great stuff as always. Uh, we'll see you down at the rink and uh, see you at the home opener on Saturday. Yeah, see you then, Huss. Appreciate Beauty, it. Beauty, good stuff. All right, speaking of the home opener, we got a special guest coming up in just a second, so hang tight, folks. Uh, I do want to thank our friends at Princess Auto, though, for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. little light on the Bomber news this week because the Bombers are kicking back, enjoying a well-earned bye week after the game of the year on Friday night. But a week Saturday, this Saturday, it's all about the Jets and the home opener. Next Saturday, it's about the Bombers clinching the West. And, of course, Princess Auto provides all of our Bomber reports and, of course, is the sponsor for the Princess Auto tailgate zone. So, Get your tickets if you don't have them already and get out there early, two hours before game time for uh, all the fun and good times at the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone. Of course, Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Got to give a big shout-out to the gang over at Consolidated Supply as well. Spicy, Joe, man, they've had a great, great summer. Um, but they're still there for you right now, Winnipeg. Leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, golf carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. And other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options. And, of course, they're also the leaders in small engine parts and repair. So much consolidated supply has waiting for you. Pop by and see them at their showroom. Open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East. Or find out more online at cte.ca. I have a feeling there might be a rundown to see you, Greg and the gang at Royal Sports in the next little while. Um, we got a first chance to see Alex Iafallo, number nine. Gabriel Velarde, number 13. I speculated with Remus. I think a few of those are going to be popping up in the, uh, in the, in the bowl at the games this year. Um, if you do need to uh, get ready for the home opener with some new Jets merch, no better place to do it than Royal Sports. Thousands of pieces of merch, including all the jerseys, customized uh, name and numbering, not to mention tons of bomber gear, NFL, and more. Um, and it's the biggest and best sports store in the uh, in the city. The leaders in hockey for over 40 years it has to be seen to be believed. If you haven't been there, get down 750 Pemina Highway. 
And give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Royal Sports Pemina, for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And just before we bring in Jason Petrick, shout out to our friends at Boston Pizza. Got a big Thursday nighter. You knew I had to get back from Calgary right away to do this show. Oh, and also Chiefs Broncos tonight. Um, I'll probably be saddling up with the fellas down at BP to watch the game. Uh, no better place to watch NFL football, Jets hockey, and more than your local BP, ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. And if you are staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, really looking forward to this next conversation. Listen, we've chopped up the game last night. We're still talking about the extensions from uh, for Hellebuck and Shifley. Uh, but now it's time to get ready to pack that rink and have some fun on Saturday afternoon, hopefully at the expense of Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. But while the game begins at 3 p.m., starting at noon, Jet fans are invited to come down to the plaza across from the arena at True North Square to enjoy some good times as we ramp it up for the home opener. And headlining the opener is homegrown band Petrick. And it is great to welcome in Jason Petrick from the band hailing from beautiful God's country, Transcona, here in Manitoba. <laughs> and Jason joins us now. What's up, man? It's great to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to join. How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing great. I'm a little, uh, uh, it's been a hectic day. I got up in Calgary, jumped on a flight, got here and got my camera set up about 90 seconds before we were live. So it has been hectic, but um, it was fun being out there. It was great to see how well the team played. Kind of harsh the way the game ended. Yep. Um, but uh, but now it's time to get ready for the home opener. And of course, the, uh, the big party beforehand. How fired up are you and the fellas to be a part wow. of uh, opening night for the Jets? It's awesome. You know, we're uh, kind of just mentioned all the, you must be running on a bit of adrenaline. And, and I feel like that's what we're going to be running on a bit too come Saturday. You know, opening night for hockey, whether it's your home opener or your season opener, there's just, there's something always special about it. My brother and I grew up playing hockey. So like we grew up uh, and we played hockey when the Jets weren't around. So we always dreamed about them coming back. Uh, so there's still like the goosebumps feelings that we get when, you know, the Jets are back in it, and, and they got a great team. And I, and I heard your show prior. I was waiting in the, the listening room here, and, uh, and and you're talking about these signings. And there's just so much to be excited about for this season right now and for, you know, this next game. I think the Jets are going to come out flying. They looked great yesterday. Obviously, wasn't the result they wanted. But the fact that we get to be part of this and uh, we're going to play some music for everybody, super cool. We're going to get to sing the anthems, too, which I think is such a – true honor and it's probably one of the tougher um one of the tougher things we have to perform as a group so we're always up to the challenge and uh we really enjoy getting to do it and the jets are just so wonderful to work with so uh it's great we're really you know, excited it's, it's funny um the uh you know, for sports fans and hockey fans in Winnipeg it seems the afternoon on the live Winnipeg sports talk show is where everyone's coming in and uh I just mentioned Transcona, and there's a lot of flamingos in the chat right now. People giving some love to the T-Cone. Jason, you know, for people that are not familiar, have heard of the band, tell us a little bit about um, you guys growing up in Winnipeg, uh, starting this band, and uh, sort of the journey you guys have been on since, uh, well, really the middle of the last decade when you and your brother got it going. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and thanks for asking. Um, yeah, we're from Transcona. We, uh, we went to Transcona Collegiate. Uh, you know, Tom and I played for the Transcona Collegiate Titans, uh, and, and music was kind of just always our thing that really 
you know, with Tom and I being different ages, we never played hockey together, but we always played music together. And then that really started in high school. Uh, we got our feet wet playing rooms like the Royal George Hotel and Joe's Garage in Transcona. Uh, eventually worked into some of the other rooms in, in Winnipeg, like the Palomino Club and uh, Cowboys Boathouse. Uh, and eventually just things just kept getting bigger and better. And, and we were lucky that uh, you know, people let us come and play their music or our music and, and they came out and, and I think they enjoyed it. Um, the next every opportunity just kind of led to bigger ones. And I still feel like that's going on for us, which is really cool, uh, such as, you know, getting to work with the Jets. So you know, over the course of the last uh, you know 10 years now, which is crazy, we've had quite a few songs get on radio. We've had quite a few songs get on radio in other parts of the world and, you know, had some charting success. But I think I think we counted about a week ago uh just just because but it was about uh 16 million online streams uh, on certain platforms so not too bad for a transgona band no it's awesome i mean we've got you know 16 million worldwide streams 12 charting singles three top 20 hits and the latest album flashbacks alone's over three million but as you mentioned also um kind of taking your music far from uh Far from the east side of the peg, all around the world, uh, lots of love for the band in Australia as well. What, yeah. What's that been like? You know, to kind of—I I don't know whether you guys always expected that or just kind of as things grew, you taking advantage of the opportunities. But what has it been like, kind of, with that steady growth to have you guys where you are right now? You know, I, I love what you said. As as things grew, we take advantage of the opportunity. I feel like that's what we've done every step of our career and, and i think that's how anyone handles a project or a business or a team um you know you're, you're always tweaking and and it's not always perfect sometimes you got to take a step back and and adjust but when the pandemic hit we uh realized our uh our biggest the best instrument we have right now is is likely our emails and our computers so uh, i took it upon myself to try and network and build a team down in australia and and it worked um at least it's worked so far so we uh we've had a few a few pretty big hits in australia which is really cool we've never been there we're actually going down there about this time next month for the first time for a run of shows so wish us luck Uh, i'm really looking forward to that i i always dreamed of getting to travel the world for music and I think that is something super cool. It's super special. My family's coming with me, and it's something I'm really proud of. Uh, whether we get to establish a major career down in other parts of the world, that's always that's always a different story. But uh, the fact that I, I got a guitar when I was in high school, and it's taken me around the world and it's allowed me to do some pretty cool things and, and share it with my family and my brother is, is awesome. Well, and you guys are going to be able to share it with Jet fans uh, at the party in the plaza before the home opener on Saturday. Again, the, it all gets going at noon up until about 12, uh, 2.30. So get there early, see the guys perform, and then get into the rink to uh, drop the puck on another uh, home calendar season for the Winnipeg Jets, and the fellows will be doing the uh, the national anthems as well. I just got to ask you, you mentioned the pandemic. The pandemic was such a bizarre time for everyone in their lives, and it affected you know some industries more than others. Um, if you're a performing artist, um, it essentially put a pause button on everything like that. I mean, you mentioned that you guys worked hard, you know, where yeah. it came to like, uh, you know, just you know, networking and socializing. But what were those years like for you? And um, 
how did you benefit maybe from it as much as it was probably tough because the regular shows you'd be able to play weren't uh, weren't available oh man that's a great question um i think what we did was we just we embraced the pause um everybody everybody and every business and i don't think we suffered at all when i really look at it and compared to a lot of others so much as i think it was always kind of said like ah poor musicians they can't play or uh you know ducks at the nhl is on pause like there was a lot of people that really got hit hard and and we weren't one of them so i i I took the opportunity to take a step back and say okay hey how can we structure our band to be tighter how can we keep moving certain projects that we have in the works um and how can we maybe get our business to be a little bit um, uh, more fluent and, and more operational? And we focused on royalties, worldwide royalties, because when you're touring and you're focused on shows and recording and music videos and the next shows and all that, like you're having so much fun that sometimes you don't do the homework. And it was a great opportunity for us to do the homework and, and, and tighten things up. So it's been great for our business. I think it was great for our band relationships to get the the fundamentals a little bit tighter and we were very fortunate that we did have our album flashbacks recorded about 90 percent. so if we had no music i don't know if i would have been able to keep this thing going the same way that we were but we're very lucky we had some great tunes that we were excited about they're basically done and we just did what we could and uh here we are now uh still are able people still call us to come play guitars we're doing something right (laughs) Listen, uh, well, you're getting called by uh, the home team to uh, be a part of a huge day for the Winnipeg Jets on Saturday with both headlining the party in the plaza and doing the national anthems. Uh, Jason, this has been awesome meeting you and having you on the program. Listen, I think there's probably uh, you know some folks that are not familiar with the band. Just quickly tell people where they can uh, see you guys, find out more. I mean, the, the Internet's a wild place. I'm sure there's lots out there. I mean, where can people uh, hear you guys, find out more, and maybe get a little bit of a primer on what they'll see when they come out on Saturday? Uh, you know, PetrickMusic.com is generally the best place for me to direct people. Uh, you know, P-E-T-R-I-C uh, Music.com. Uh, from there, again, whether you stream music on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, want to find us on facebook or instagram petrick music is generally the best tag to search so check it out qx 104 has been a uh, you know they played a lot of our music so is every radio station in town so i'm sure you've heard at least one of our songs come on down early get your tickets to the jets game let's sing some music together and let's root on the boys Dude, this has been awesome. Uh, hopefully we'll bump into you on uh, on saturday when you guys are uh, doing your thing but uh all the best first coming up this weekend and um with your continued career. Uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Talk a little hockey. and uh, hopefully I you guys can... we love hockey. Anytime. I could talk hockey all day. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will tell you, you're going to need to uh, adjust that body clock when you get down to Australia. It might be a little tougher to watch the games live, but I'm sure you guys will figure out a way. Hey, listen, uh, all the best. Continued success to you guys, and uh, good luck on Saturday as we uh, ring in another home schedule for the Winnipeg Jets very much we'll see you saturday thanks for doing this there's jason petrick check him out petrickmusic.com and again party in the plaza coming up on a saturday going to be a great way to uh, kick off this season 
Uh, it was a really, really fun interview. And listen, just <laughs> I have to mention this. Patrick, obviously a real established band and a growing local, um, a, a perfect, perfect act to uh, kind of ring in the season. Get there early, folks, because there, <laughs> there is also a cover band playing at the beginning called Wicked Awesome. And I won't give too much away, but uh, I had the opportunity to pop into a club in the summer to see these guys. And uh, listen, it is cover tunes of like old, like rock songs, metal songs. I'm not exactly sure what they'll choose for it. But I mean, I, I we thought we were going to pop in and see a couple uh, a, a couple songs and then bust out to a couple other places that night. We stayed the entire night and watched both sets. It was it was that fun. So um, I will tell you if you're uh, if you're uh, if you're going to the game or even if you're not going to the game, can't get a ticket. Maybe you're going to go to the BP and watch it. Um, throw your jet ski on and uh, come down. Let's come together and uh, have some fun before the game gets going and the uh, real main event happens and that of course is 3 p.m puck drop for the jets um lots of talk in the chat about goal songs and um remo as much as we're going to get some music in the um in the pregame um one of the things that uh, balls of course told us when he was on with us at FanFest is that we're going to get the debut of all the goal songs for the players this year when they are introduced at the beginning of the game. And just from looking at the chat, uh, there is a lot of anticipation for that. I do have some breaking news. I've been doing this. is I put the Big J journal hat on. I asked the questions that people needed to know. And I am happy to tell you that Mark Shifley has a new goal song this year. Hopefully one that we'll hear a lot of going forward. But um, that's going to be another neat part of the uh, of the festivities on Saturday, in addition to everything happening uh, with Patrick and the gang at the uh, party in the plaza. Are you going to tweet that with hashtag BN, breaking news? A lot of talk about goal songs. <laughs> I should. You should. You should ins- hashtag insider with like five hours. <laughs> a lot of talk about goal songs yesterday because the Leafs changed their goal song. They use Hall & Oates. Uh, you make my dreams come true. Great song, terrible goal song, and you know, like everyone was begging for them to change it, and they did. Did a uh, song by uh, Kid Cudi makes you feel like you're at the club, but you know we've been asking for Jets. Um, like, sorry, Jets uh, personalized goal songs. Like, could you even? Is that even possible? Like, I'd love to see how like quickly they are hitting the button that plays the song, and it worked great last year. It was so much uh, fun. A guy who had a great goal song, sorry, uh, P.L. Dubois, no longer here, but I thought his uh, was one of the top ones and got the crowd into it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the players pick when they do reveal, um, you know, the goals, when they do the intros, you will hear their goal song. And then we can judge all of them, rank them from best to worst on Monday's show. You know that that's going to happen. You know that there will be a power poll. Coming oh, out on WST, make a <laughs> Jets gold songs. We'll make a TikTok uh, video ranking the Jets gold songs. Then you, you're going to point, and then when you point at the end of your finger, it's going to have the text of the rankings, and you hear a snippet of the gold song. I have it all, all planned out. Uh, our social media content. So uh, ex- <laughs> excited, exciting opportunities for us here because someone just wrote here the front page of uh, Sportsnet. I is, just saw that Kevin Kowalik is the Leafs goal song, not you know Matthews scoring a hat trick. Is that actually? I don't think that that's true. I think that's fake, fake news. But it was like they did talk about it. They spent intermission talking about it, 
And uh, so, hey, uh, the Cole songs. I think everyone has an opinion. That's why it's such a hot topic. Uh, no doubt about it. So it's just another part of uh, part of the festivities on Saturday. And then, of course, coming up with game number two of the home schedule, the WST crew gets together. I am so fired up to see all of you that have jumped on that well, pack. Remo and I are uh, getting ready for Tuesday night. We'll look forward to uh, meeting all of you there when the uh, when we get in in that bar outside section 316 and 317. I mentioned this earlier today, but check that link in the description, winnipegsportstalk.com, if you're listening on the podcast, and uh, jump on those final few seats to be part of the WST crew. Great deal. Four awesome games. That really is what, I mean, you know, we work with the folks to put this together, and it was sort of an idea that, you know, we thought would be really fun as we've grown some of the events that we've done and the buy-in that we've had from Winnipeg Sports Talk fans. And, and listen, I think there's, you know, a lot of people that, you know, would like to, you know, be a part of something, support the team, uh, but maybe didn't have the ability to do 10 games or do a half season. Um, so we've got a great spot. My favorite sections. We've got the bar, the bathroom's right there. And uh, it's going to be a real, real fun way to get things going, both with the home opener and then with our first game on Tuesday. So uh, hopefully if you've been on the fence, don't wait any longer. Grab those last few and let's do this. Um you know, I do want to get back to just some of the audio from last night to sort of wrap up to the conversation about last night's opening game of the season. Um, but before we do that, speaking of Saturday and on Tuesday, uh, if you haven't been out to the rink for any of the preseason games, you will be pleasantly surprised if you enjoy delicious beer at hockey games that our favorite Little Brown Jug, proud sponsor of Winnipeg Sports Talk and Winnipeg's number one local beer, is in the building now as official partners of the Winnipeg Jets. You'll be able to find Little Brown Jug and the local offerings at Craft Beer Corner in the upper bowl, just a few sections over from us in the corner bar outside of 310. We're just out the other corner bar outside of 316. Uh, and if you are in the lower bowl, Craft Beer Corner is in the north end. You'll want to walk by the north end just to see how different the arena looks with all those $13 million of renovations that they put in. Um, but you can also get it on the south end as well, so you don't have to go all the way around the, uh, the the downstairs concourse. So three craft beer corners, spaces to get Little Brown Jug. And if you, like many fans, have been hollering, they wanted some local options, good news, it's here. Another reason to look forward to what should be a great season. Of course, if you're looking for Little Brown Jug away from the arena, you'll find it anywhere that sells good beer. But the best spot to get it is down at the Draft House, the uh, brewery and taproom, I should say, over on William Avenue in the exchange. And hey, I also want to shout out our friends, Nick and Nikki DQ. Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday, it was so cool to be in Calgary doing the show with the excitement of the opening game of the year. And, um, you know, they've had a big, uh, big advancement. I mean, they've got the four DQs that have been great supporters of ours, Northgate, uh, Polo Park, St. Anne's, and the DQ in Niverville. And now they've got the Pita Pit out in Niverville, which a uh, great addition to that growing community. Um, great catering as well at Pita Pit Niverville. Um, but just got me thinking about how cool it was to be there, where we're at just coming off the 10,000 sub milestone on the weekend. Um, and none of that happens without... Nick and Nikki were there from day one, along with, of course, uh, Royal Sports and our friends at Boston Pizza, who have been uh, who have been there uh, all along with us. Um, would not be able to have done it with uh, without them, and uh, of course, the gang over at Not Autocorp. And let's get to that why not question of the day. 
uh, just before we hear from Rick Bonus. Um, I mean, you know, let's let's focus on the. Uh, I'm going to ask you this. I mean, whatever we talked about the loss, and I know we can kind of focus in on you know what happened and oh, guys need to score more. You know, the gaff at the end, the icing, all that. But um, of the newcomers. Um, who uh, who who did you like? I mean, uh, you know, is it Gabriel Velarde? Is it Alex Iafalo? Is it Rasmus Kapari? Um, and I mean, I'll include Nino Niederreiter and Vlad Nemetsnikov in because let's not forget these guys only played like whatever fifteen games or so with the team um, after the trade deadline last year. So, uh, first impressions of the new guys? Why not question of the day for not Autocorp but Waverly and the McGilvery? Check out and let us know in the chat what you thought and i know we've already seen a lot of takes on that but if you've been waiting to do that let's get to it right now all right um while you uh throw in your thoughts on uh the new guys especially the players coming from the kings let's uh hear a little bit from uh, the aftermath of last night's game and uh rick bonus hit the podium afterwards frustrated with the uh, final score but i think pretty pleased with what he saw from his team here's rick bonus on last night's game I thought we played an excellent game. I really did. I thought we played, uh, we certainly played well enough to get at least a point out of there. Uh, it just uh, didn't go our way tonight. A couple of things. Power play was really, really good. Uh, Markstrom was outstanding for them, outstanding. So give him a lot of credit. But I really liked the way we played. And if we play like that, we're going to win a lot of hockey games. It's never just one play, but I mean, obviously the icing had a pretty good The icing hurt, yeah. Late in the game like that, and the guys were tired, and uh, yeah, that hurt. Just a situation where he's probably not trying to ice it. Not trying to ice it. it. I think he was either trying to put it on the goalie or just lob it in there. But it just went a little. Obviously, didn't work either way. But that's hockey. All right, there's bones, and uh, yeah, probably not pleased with. uh, Well, certainly not pleased with the final couple minutes in that winning goal, with a minute and a half left coming off that unfortunate icing that ended up leading to uh, the winning goal. Um, I mentioned earlier not calling Rasmus Anderson on a high stick while the Jets were on the power play kind of indirectly led to the opportunity that ended up in the back of the net. Kind of still stunning that the Jets were 0 for 4 the way they moved the puck and generated opportunities and gave up a shorthanded goal. Uh, But Bones talked about the the non-high stick call and how he saw it. Yeah, we did. We thought it was knocked down by their net. Um, I know his stick was high. I'm not sure if it was over the net when he actually hit the puck, right? But it certainly started high. Um, and it's unfortunate we gave that up. But I mean, the power play, look at the great A chances we had. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't ask for better chances than that. Yeah, yeah. Again, you couldn't tell where he, I don't think it was a high stick when he actually hit the puck. Right. All right. So there, and Rick Bonus not even mentioning that, you know, by what we're reading in the rule book, that not challengeable, uh, but certainly they weren't convinced that that would have been uh, a proper challenge at that time, and obviously didn't want to give up another uh, another man advantage on the other side. Listen, the end of last season, <laughs> the word that echoed everywhere was pushback. I'm not sure we heard the actual quote pushback, but Bones was happy with the way his team battled back last night. I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, like they were sitting back. They're a good hockey club over there. Um, and they, you know, they were sitting back on it. And we, 
we had some good looks. We we tied that puck uh, the game up with a great goal with a great play by Mode. Mark was an unreal shot, and uh, to, just to give up those points the way we did is disappointing. But we play like that. Like I said, we're going to win a lot of hockey games. Power play. What'd you like most about the, the movement? The and movement and just getting those guys wide open in the slot and uh, getting those great A opportunities. So uh, the power play looked really. And you know, you look at it, okay, over four, but man, they had some great looks. And the power play did what it's supposed to do: create chances and give your team some momentum. And it, and it did both of those. Yeah, that, that was a key bit that Bones said at the end. Like, you won't score every time on the power play. But listen, when the power play has been struggling or has stunk in the past, I mean, it can really suck the life out of a team. And that certainly did not happen last night with the Winnipeg Jets. Even when they did not score, they seemed to sort of build that, build off that momentum that they gained on the power play. And um, that's a great sign early on because, you know, with some new players, uh, you know, in the unit right now with uh, with Velarde and Alex Iafalo, you're wondering just how it would look right out of the gate. And it, it looked damn good. Didn't get reward for it, rewarded for it, unfortunately. We'll hear Kyle Connor's thoughts on the power play in a minute. But, uh, of course, Mark Scheifele signed his big deal on Monday. Was a big factor last night and tied the game in the third period to give the Jets that opportunity. Unfortunately, slipped away late. Here's how Scheifele saw last night's uh, opening. I thought we, you know, played a really solid game. Mark Stern made some pretty unbelievable saves. He 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 held them in there, um, but a lot of good things. You know, I think we got to be we got to be positive here. It's the first game, and you know, our first game with really our entire lineup. So, um, you know, we uh, we played a solid game. We got to. You know, we can't dwell on that on the on the result too much and just keep building. Yeah, I was going to say game one. Those are kind of tricky, right? You, you always want the results, always. But when you start to see some of those positives early on, probably gives you a lot of encouragement, doesn't it? For sure. You know, we have to. You know, obviously it sucks to lose. You know, we want to win, um, but you got to take the positives out of that out of that tonight and and keep building. You know, we have an off day tomorrow and then and then a practice day and have some more things to work on. And you know, that's what the season's all about. It's about growing and getting better every game. And you know, we just got to take another step. All right, so there's Mark Scheifele, and, uh, you know, listen, you understand the guys are disappointed, but also feeling pretty good about what they uh, were able to do together, particularly as a line as a team in game number one. Of course, Kyle Connor, Mr. Opening Game of the Season, six straight now. Scheifele um, was asked about Kyle Connor and uh, his goal last night. He's a fantastic hockey player. He's a, he's a guy that, you know, I get to see firsthand in the summer how much uh, preparation goes in and, and, you know, how hard he works in the summer, and, you know, there's no... You know, there's no. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. There's no. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he puts in so much hard work. It's 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 no shock that he he does that year after year. And he's he's an amazing player. And you know, obviously, you know, a big part of this team. All right, there's Mark Shifley. Nice hat, by the way. Um, let's hear from Kyle Connor. Um, and you know, we'll get to the PP in a minute. But uh, here's how uh, KFC saw last night's tilt with the Calgary Flames. Battled really hard, showed a lot of compete, did a lot of good things out there, put a lot of good bucks at the net, and you know a couple here, bounces here, there. I thought our power play looked very well, very good, uh, moving the puck well, just kind of giving the options that were there, taking it, but it was a shot, using all the options down low in the slot. Um, you know, you play that game in this league, uh, you're going to win more times than that. So I think we take away the positives in that game and move on. All right, so there's uh, Kyle Connor. Here's one more clip, uh, KFC, on uh, on the power play, which um, you know certainly did generate a lot, but unfortunately didn't get on the scoreboard. Yeah, I think we read off each other very well. Um, 
a lot of good adjustments off the faceoff as well. Um, you know, JMO walks the middle. He's he's got me in the boards. They start coming up on that D man on me. So then you know we pop that pop strike in the middle. Um, so I think a lot of good adjustments and just taking the play that's there and, and you know given given the structure that we have, yeah, we know what's in place, but also playing hockey and just making right reads and and uh, and taking the ice that's that's given. And um, I think we had a you know we we're putting pucks in the net and um, I don't know how many shots we had, but it felt like every time we touched the ice, it was pretty dangerous. How did you feel like I follow and Velarde fit in with that unit? Seemed to generate a lot. With those guys in particular, yeah, fantastic. You know, both those guys are very interchangeable in their positions of down low and in the slot. They work extremely hard. I think they win a lot of puck battles as well. You know, second efforts that's that's huge on a power play. So I think um, they did a great job stepping right in, and um, they read, read each other very well too. Um, they found each other in the slot, uh, down low to the slot play a couple times there, and um, yeah, I think just biggest thing they compete really hard. All right, there's Kyle Connor. I mean, to me, the key takeaway or the key thing that he mentioned, um, you know, when we're talking about Villardi and Iafalo, and this is whether we're mentioning the power play or five-on-five play, is just how tenacious those two individuals, tenacious and successful they were in those one-on-one puck battles. And uh, if that continues, that's a hell of a good sign for the Winnipeg Jets. All right, um, let's get to the cool bet lines for, uh, for tonight. Um, still a few teams that have not yet played in the National Hockey League. And uh, Buffalo Sabres, by the way, Remo, just before we get to these lines and the Buffalo Sabres, how about the week that they've had? Two number one overall picks signing massive long-term extensions. First up, it was Rasmus Dahlin with 8 by 11 And um, then Owen Power coming out of his ELC is already inked seven years, $8.35 million. The cornerstones of the Buffalo Sabres blue line locked up long-term. Yeah, I think they're really smart moves by Buffalo. You want to lock up uh, your young guys you know, long-term in the prime of their career. And, you know, it might be a bit of a overpay early on, but I think throughout the life of the deal, um, they're going to be getting some value there. And, uh, you know, for some people saying, oh, why would Owen Power accept this early? I mean, the salary cap's going to go up. He could possibly be getting more. I mean, it's hard to turn down when someone offer, offers you that kind of money. So I think the Buffalo Sabres, you know, but Power's 20 years old, Rasmus Delling 23, both for number one overall picks. I mean, cornerstones on defense there. So, I mean, I love the moves for Buffalo and for, yeah, for the players, you get you get that kind of security wrapped up and I mean there were a lot of a lot of people's uh you know pick this year to get back in the playoffs take a bit of a jump we'll see what happens in goalie and one thing for Buffalo we're going to get to see Zach Benson former Winnipeg Ice make his NHL debut tonight this one of the first awesome yeah one of the few um you know rookies or sort of what uh or was it rookies or how old is he? I forget what it is, but young play, you know, one of the more exciting young players making a debut. Well, yeah, 18 year old. I mean, like, not, I mean, there's always lots of rookies. Yes. Not a lot of guys that were picked in this year's draft that yes. are in the opening day lineup. And Zach had such a great camp and um, earned his way onto the club. Listen, you can always, you know, there's 10 games. We'll see whether those guys get sent back to junior. But I mean, they got an absolute diamond at uh, 13th overall. And, um, Listen, I know there's a lot of folks, Patrolman Pete and the rest of the crew that were uh, Real Deal Neil, a big ice fans that went to a lot of those games. We know what Zach Benson is all about. And uh, that's a young man that I think is poised to have a great, great long-term career. And uh, I will throw my support in the Eastern Conference behind the Buffalo Sabres. Always had a soft spot for Buffalo, but even more now that Zach's on the club. And uh, 
They, of course, have the longest playoff drought in the NHL, 12 years. I'm, uh, I'm really hoping that this might be the year that they uh, break through, get into that top eight, and uh, certainly have a bright future going forward. Sabres are at home to the Rangers tonight. They are a home underdog, plus 117. Rangers at minus 137. Rangers had a, did not have a great preseason. Again, Jets didn't either, so you know they looked pretty good last night. I don't know how much you want to take from it, but I think I might lean a little to the home dogs tonight. Um, Philly and the Blue Jackets is a pick em. Minus 108 on either side, and I believe we're going to see one Patrick Line play center along with Johnny Gaudreau tonight for Pascal Vincent in his head coaching debut ring. Yes, uh, and who Adam? And I'm Fantilli- here for it. Adam Fantilli uh, making his NHL debut as well. Uh, Blue Jackets, Line, Gaudreau. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm going to tune into that game. Good matchup for them against the Flyers. Cole Sillinger will be the third man on that line as well. And Columbus really disappointing last. Year last year, I mean, they weren't even trying to tank us, and they finished well near the bottom. Uh, they had a lot of injuries. One of them, Zach Wierenski, he's back. Full lineup for them. So, and pay off Pascal Vincent behind the bench as head coach. So, I actually might tune into that game uh, tonight, Huss, against the Flyers. Me too. Me too. Um, Minnesota Wild have their home opener at home against the Panthers. Uh, I think we can all agree. Go Panthers tonight. Get your win. And then take an L on Saturday afternoon here in Winnipeg. Panthers plus 110 underdogs. Wild minus 129 favorites. Uh, the Kraken and Preds play in game two of their season tonight. Predators minus 118 at home. Kraken even money plus 18. And then a little later on, the San Jose Sharks. A massive home underdog at plus 200 against the defending champion Vegas Golden Knights. Those are the games tonight in the NHL. And, of course, we've got an NFL game. I had to get back for the show, but I also had to get back to see my Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos. Denver has been an absolute disaster this season. Chiefs, number one in the AFC right now, heading into week six. Chiefs, 10.5-point favorites at home at Arrowhead against the Denver Broncos tonight. And if you do want to check out the, I'm sure the cool bet, they'll they'll have a bunch of exclusives up as well. And don't forget tomorrow, um, if you want to see somebody that's hot, that would be yours truly. 4-0 on the best bets last week with the NFL against the spread. The ride with Huss came through. Join us tomorrow on Edmonton Sports Talk at noon. Uh, Actually, Dusty's going to be traveling for CFL, so I'll be hosting. And uh, Pat and Jake are going to jump on from Cool Bet as well. We'll uh, break down all the NFL games. So it be a nice little primer for you before we uh, fire it up for a Friday afternoon edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. If you haven't played a cool bet before, don't forget, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks, and you'll be able to get those boosted cool bet exclusives from the lock shop, and we'll cook up a couple more for the NFL weekend tomorrow on the program. Um, Remo, just before we go, and I know today is been all about the um the opener uh our buddy andre will be happy canada volleyball is going to the olympics that's a nice little note that uh, we've got in the notes today um but quickly to baseball how about the arizona diamondbacks sweeping the los angeles dodgers and uh i'll be honest i did not see that one coming 
Yeah, the Dodgers. It's not just the Bruins has to have these uh, historic regular seasons, <laughs> the Do- you know, and, and uh, get bounced in the first round. The Dodgers spend all this money and lose to Arizona, who went over the, the Brewers, and now the Dodgers. Who could have saw this one coming? And who's leading the way for Arizona, throwing salt in the wounds of Blue Jays fans? Gabriel Moreno, the guy who they traded for. Dalton Varsha, along with Lourdes Gurriel. So Blue Jays fans, very hot and a lot of uh, a lot of mixed feelings uh, about uh, about the uh, about that trade and the Blue Jays. And uh, shout out to but the Canada volleyball. Uh, they're led by Erica Lepke of Steinbeck, uh, yes. Manitoba. So people asking us to give them. A big shout out. So uh, uh, you know what, Manitoba um, has produced some pretty incredible volleyball players in the past. And uh, I mean, listen, volleyball isn't a sport that you know really even has a pro league here in in Canada. So it's not something we see or talk about a lot. But I'll tell you what, anyone that knows the grassroots volleyball here in Manitoba, the high school programs that we've got here. I mean, excellent men's and women's programs at both UW and the University of Manitoba. Um, And uh, congratulations to Eric and uh, the Canadian volleyballers who are heading to the Olympics. Um, Been some great Olympic qualifying lately. Of course, our Canadian women on the soccer pitch had that great win over um, uh, had that great win over uh, Jamaica in the uh, the to to lock their spot. Of course, they're the defending champs, so got to get back to that. Um, just one more quick thing on baseball. Um, Mark Shapiro, uh, who's the president of baseball operations for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, kind of Atkins is his guy. Both of those guys have been taking so much heat since the Jays bowed out of the playoffs. I mean, he did speak earlier today and announced that uh, Ross Atkins is back at GM. And, I mean, I, I do wonder after Schneider kind of had the bus rolled over him by Atkins earlier whether he's going to be a fall guy or whether they, because they have been so adamant about the direction of the club, stay with it. But um, all those press conferences have been somewhat hilarious to listen to. I mean, I was on a plane, so I have not heard exactly what he said, but just looked at a few clips on social media that they have confirmed that Atkins is going to be back and, um, there was a lot of people <laughs> that thought that everyone should have been blown out after the way things went down this season and against the Twins. And it's that much harder considering how inept Dalton, Dalton Varsho was at the plate this year, as great of a defensive outfielder as he is, to see Guriel and Gabriel Moreno absolutely rake for the D-backs as they're now down to the Final Four and heading to the National League Championship Series against likely the Phillies, um, because Bryce Harper is on a mission right now, and um, he went yard twice last night. Uh, just an absolute beast in the Philadelphia Phillies. One win away from taking on the D-backs. Yeah, and a lot of talk in baseball has where you're seeing these top teams lose to the wild card teams. With the wild card teams come in, they get to play their two games, and then the top teams are all kind of waiting around, getting a bit rusty. And you're seeing a number of teams with great records in the regular season. Uh, lose out Texas, upsetting Baltimore, uh, the Dodgers losing as well. And you might even see the Braves get bounced by the Phillies. So uh, I think there's some people in baseball are, who follow it are like, well, why are these top teams losing to these wildcard teams? Maybe because just baseball is 
kind of random when you have a you know a five game sample size or is it something more where you know teams are these top teams who aren't playing the wild card are, are building up rust us and when they have this layoff and you play up against a team that's on a heater uh it's it's tough so yeah rangers swept the orioles too you know the orioles had not been swept in any season all year and yeah that's swept three straight in this series well it's kind of funny we talk about how great the al east is and the rays out jays out and the orioles out as well so i think i don't know what to make of it um you know do you would you make the wild card game like wild card one game instead of uh, what this best of three and then just have best of seven division series because it's best of five too short in 2023 even nba remember they used to have their first round series best of five and then they changed them all all to seven uh would be a shame but hey someone's gonna lose at some point and i don't know you play 162 i, I don't know is it cheap in the regular season if like a team like the dodgers can't get out of the first round in a five game series well they, listen they didn't even win a game i mean i don't know what anyone's bitching about i mean and the thing about it is, is playing in that wild card series, I mean, it should be a huge disadvantage because you don't have your aces going up, stacked up at the start of the series. True. Um, credit to the teams that got the wins. I mean, it's the Astros and the Rangers and the ALCS. Um, Braves and Phillies, game four tonight. Philly can move on. They are a home underdog, though, plus 132. Braves still a favorite. And as far as for the World Series odds, in case you're wondering... Astros the favorite right now at plus 230. Rangers next at plus 285. Part of that is the fact that they're already through. Uh, the D-backs, despite winning, are plus 450. And you got the Phillies at plus 350. And the Braves, who have to win their next two straight to make it to the NLCS at 6-1. to one. Um, Great show today. It's been quite a day. Uh, but it's not over yet. I'm fired up for this, uh, well, full slate of hockey tonight. And, yeah, 6 p.m. We'll get a chance to see Lining in the middle and uh, in a Columbus-Philly game that probably wouldn't normally have that sort of cachet, but it'll be an interesting one. Other great games on the docket tonight. And then uh, tomorrow, folks, we're uh, firing it up, getting ready for the home opener. Murata Tesh is going to join us tomorrow on the program. Really looking forward to that. Uh, we'll also get ready for... The weekend with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and, uh, you know, maybe just maybe put a call out to the sports rabbi. We needed him to bless the yeah. team. And I think he'll probably be more ready to bless the team after last night's performance. Feel more confident about it. Yeah, I just texted him. So he's good for Friday. He is good? Hey, Excellent. So, I mean, he'll talk about this on Friday. But, you know, last year we had him on when the Jets were playing so well. And he was kind of like, eh, I'm not buying it. That was in January. And since then... He's been accused of cursing the team, uh, being yelled at at the concourse at Canada Life Center. Reverse the curse. He told me <laughs> that he was at Folk Fest and people were heckling him there. So he wanted to come on and bless them before the home home opener. So we'll be talking with the sports uh, the sports rabbi Matt Libel on Friday and try to give the Jets some good fortune for this season. I cannot wait. I mean, uh, we'll certainly get reaction to the big contract extensions from Libs as well as Murata Tesh. And, uh, yeah, we'll have the latest from practice. The team will have a full practice tomorrow before the home opener on Saturday at night. Thanks again to Jason Petra for coming on. He was awesome, wasn't he, Reem? 
Man, that was, I mean, I guess these guys, these band members have to do a lot of promotion and talking, but, um, you know, what a great story uh, from Transcona. I saw the Flamingos in chat, um, having that kind of success streaming, and they got really popular in Australia, and he's going over there to do a couple shows, and yeah, they played halftime at, you know, played a number of concerts, but just at sporting events, they've played halftime at a bomber game, sung the anthem before, they'll be doing it again, playing at this party at the plaza on Saturday. So uh, some great success there. They're also on uh, YouTube here, just like us. YouTube, great for uh, music as well. So, um, yeah, exciting. I mean, it's got to be exciting for them and uh, great to have, you know, this, uh, you know, this event. Make the home opener a party, an event. We saw the Sea Bears do that for their games and the Jets uh, having a nice little uh, event there at the True North Square, which uh, getting some some good use out of. Well, and, and listen, it is... Um... I mean, it is such a cool um, space. Yes. Um, listen, the Howard Chuck statue, everyone sees that thing going into the building. And I mean, that's an iconic, um, you know, statue and, you know, piece of Winnipeg Jets history. Um, but that plaza outside of True North Square, I mean, just an absolute perfect place to uh, bring Winnipeg Jet fans together. And Saturday is the day to do that. But before that, we got to get to a Friday show. Talk about the Thursday nighter tonight. Much more on the Winnipeg Jets practice report. And a uh, little bit of marbles as well. Heading into the home opener. Folks, great show today. Um, thanks to Michael Remus for having everything ready to go. <laughs> as I got back off the plane right into the chair today. Been a real fun program. Shout out to Brandon and Scott. Great stuff from them. Jason Petrick as well. Check them out online at Petrick Music. And uh, let's do this. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Chiefs tonight. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow to get ready for the Jets home opener right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks to all our sponsors that make this show happen every day and all of you for making us a part of yours. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.